I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're gay. And his NB. Episode number 88. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of A Gay and His NB. This episode where we talk all things Bravo TV. And it's going to be quite a doozy. We have opinions. I for sure have opinions uh, that... So I, many. That, that I will be very uh, honest and passionate about. I'm just going to say that. Um, but we'll get to that at a different time uh, before we get through the housekeeping notes that we have to get out of the way first. Um, wherever it is you're listening to us, across any podcast platform out there, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, um, go ahead and leave us a rating and a review. Uh, that helps us get into the algorithm so that we can find other passionate listeners like yourself. Um, and it also lets us hear back from you, our listeners. We want to, you know, hear what we're doing good, what we're doing bad, and what we can do better in the future. Uh, you can also follow us on social media at a gay and his NB on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Threads, uh, where we're posting new content every day, including clips from the podcast and some of our instant thoughts about the things that we're watching, some live tweeting, uh, just anything where you can get an extra dose of a gay and his NB, you can get across those social media platforms all at a gay and his NB. And if you'd like to support us out in the real world, hey, we've got uh, merch out there. Uh, so if you go to, uh, dot com, you can grab one of our, I think, nine or ten designs that we have um, on a, a wide variety of products. They've got so many really cool things over there. And it's good quality, and they're running uh, uh, sales all the time. they got T-shirts. They've got hoodies and blankets and you name it. They've probably got it. Uh, and you can also, if you have any questions for us that you would like us to answer on a future episode of the podcast, you can submit that to us on the social media platforms that I mentioned or at againisnb at gmail.com. Uh, just be to, sure to leave your name, leave your number, uh, not your number. Don't leave your number. We don't need your phone number. Leave your name and leave your question. That's more, <laughs> that's more correct. Don't leave your number. Um, leave your name and leave your question. Uh, and we may answer it on a future episode of the podcast. Babe, what do we have in store? On this 88th episode. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Vanderpump Rules. Yeah, um, we are. <laughs> um, there, there's a pool party, and the pool party was fun. And uh, that's it. That's all that happened on that episode, right? Yep. We're ignoring the rest of it. Um, we're also going to be talking about Beverly Hills. We got the finale this week of Beverly Hills. Um, With a dramatic conclusion. Dramatic conclusion. Uh, they picked up cameras uh, much like they did last season on Vanderpump. Uh, with that scandal broke. They picked candle, uh, candles. They picked up the cameras and filmed the fallout. Did the same thing here for uh, Beverly Hills. Uh, but before we even get to that, there's a white party and all of that stuff. Um, then we're also going to be talking about the finale of Real Housewives of Miami. So good. So fucking good. We, we had a diva off between uh, the finale of Beverly Hills and the finale of Miami. You know, performances by our two, you know, singers uh, in the Bravo sphere, too. I mean, there's also Sheena, but she doesn't count. She does not um, count. She hasn't really done anything in four years. So, um, Whoa, fuck. Hey, look, she said it herself. I, okay. I, I like that Apple song. It's not on the show yet, but. No. Well, I mean. Adriana's song that she debuted this week is not on Apple Pot or not on Apple Music yet. Oh, get it the, hasn't been debuted. Guys, get that fucking shit like together. The, the timing should have been perfect. It yeah. should have been debut that at 10 p.m. Eastern uh, no, on Wednesday yeah. when the episode finished. But that's what I needed. Come and on. And you didn't do it. It was it was really simple. Fail. Fail. Um, but before we get to any of that, let's talk Potomac. Can I say this? Um, 
I did not. I liked Potomac more than I liked Vanderpump this week. That's we'll, fair. We'll get into why, but it's more. It has slightly more to do with Vanderpump than it does with Potomac, and I still have many issues with Potomac. Uh, I will say Karen is the star of this episode, and I was very happy for Karen. We'll get to it. Yeah, like, like Karen was fantastic. Um, we start the episode, and we've also been on a break <laughs> with Potomac, to where I was like, "Oh Lord, we're back with Potomac." This, yeah, but. I, I, I definitely missed uh, Married to Medicine in that break. Yeah, I didn't so much miss Potomac. With everything like sort of concluding like on the tail end, I'm like, fucking wrap this season of Potomac up. We know we got like four more episodes, four or five yeah. more episodes of this. Jesus Christ, it's going way too long. Um, we start the episode with me and Gordon in the kitchen uh, sort of just talking, uh, and they're discussing like, oh, you know – the issues I have with Karen that we kind of had that blow up at the weed party with no weed. <laughs> I have to, the sorry, party. sorry, Wendy. Um, I have to point that out. And then like, so they're talking the issues with Karen. I love the producer in me as confessional going, did you ever brought up, you know, that Karen had mentioned about like screwing the rapper to him? Did you ever like mention that to Gordon and Mia goes, yeah, I might've left that detail out. <laughs> like, yeah, why would she? Because <laughs> I was like, I don't think Mia wants to get in the weeds on that with Gordon. At least not no. on camera. No. Um, Ashley decides to stop by and they're uh, chatting it up on the couch. Uh, Mia, I love the way Mia just goes, so yeah, how's it going? Like, what's going on with the divorce? How are you feeling? Are you okay? Okay, let me back up a little bit. She's like, <laughs> like, and decides to then tell Ashley about this, like, I thought this was a, such a weird way to introduce the, like, because clearly my, Mia wanted to be like, so do you have an arrangement with Michael? <laughs> like, is is that why you're not getting a divorce? But she did it by being like, so me and Gordon had discussion where, like, he, like, talked about, you know, if we were to ever divorce, maybe having, like, an arrangement where we have, like, financial ties and, you know, we still support each other. Or but you wouldn't know anything about that, right? No. I, was, I also love that she leaves out the fact that Gordon was just like, yeah, clearly I knew it was transactional with Ashley and Michael. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Mia, I will say again, underrated star. Um, uh, Ashley's like, it's more about like the security that comes with being with him, which is just sure. But again, it, it, you're divorcing this man, right? It's one of the, the just like, do you hear what you're saying? We get it. You get money, he gets a beard. Just sure. Like, we get it. Well, and he, she goes like, when I was younger, like my mom and I were like evicted twice. Like when Giselle says it's operating in fear, yes, I am scared of what it could look like if I'm like not able to make the mortgage. Okay, but like I said last season, then you shouldn't be buying a house that you yourself cannot afford the mortgage on. Huh? That like you shouldn't have bought that house in the first place. Like that's the fucking issue. Like she's so worried about keeping the lifestyle that she hasn't worried about whether she can afford the lifestyle right it's like she doesn't want to downgrade at all and it's like sorry you might have to downgrade slightly i mean it's not going to be that crazy because you got a housewife's check coming in but like you you might have to it's similar get an apartment yeah it's similar to the lisa stuff on miami right with like the lenny thing where it's just like yeah you might not get the like sprawling like three thousand square foot mansion you might not get that. 3,000 square foot mansion. Oh, well, yeah. 3,000 is like real low ball. Sorry. Like, Can you imagine? I mean, it is for us. That's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like three apartments. <laughs> like, but like, yeah, it's, uh, I, I just think like, 
I, I think it sends a bad message to your children. I'm I'm going to be that harsh about it. So, yeah. I think it sends a really bad message that it's like you have to have somebody else to support you. Like even when – and it's one thing when you're in a committed relationship and a marriage that you love this person. But it's like when you don't, why are you dependent? Yeah. Well, and that's part of the reason that a lot of people are like, okay, but get your own bag. Yeah. Like I don't care if you're marrying – rich I, I don't care right get your bag have it on the side be ready to dip if you need to yeah and not be dependent on this fucking divorce check yeah um especially me, when you're not even gonna get one well that's prenup. Yeah. there's it's like are you gonna do it till he dies and like even still like when he dies are you gonna get anything from it I don't think so. Like, Not if they're actually divorced. Yeah, it's crazy. Mia goes, do you think you're ever going to get a divorce? And Ashley goes, yeah, I do. Like, my goal is, like, the end of the year. By the way, we're in 2024 right now. We're what almost, year? We're almost, this was filmed in 2023, so I'm assuming she means the end of 2023. Well, sure, but that's not what she said. She said the end of the year. What year are you referring to? <laughs> the I, end of 2050? Yeah, exactly. Because that's what it sounds like. I didn't. I wasn't lying. Yeah, it's it's totally that. Um, they all talk about how Robin invited them to a trip to the Dominican Republic, which it's like you were like, did we, didn't we just have the Austin trip? Yeah, we literally just got back from Austin. <laughs> awful, awful trip. They're like, well, there's nothing in between of like you know stuff happening, so like might as well. Um, Robin says her confessional, I don't want any like forced conversations. We're just here to have a good time. Karen and her confessional goes. Don't care about nobody healing. Don't care about us getting closer. You just want to have fun. I bet your ass do after all those signed notes from the hotel. Karen remains dragging Robin for the wild wow. And I'm here for it. Because, yeah, she deserves to be dragged. Um, Candace in her confessional goes, The Dominican Republic is big enough for me and all my fabulosity and Robin's dry ass. Mm-hmm. It's so fascinating watching Candace post that conver- that coffee shop conversation. Now just be like, She's not my friend anymore, so I can drag her as much as Karen is. Yep. And so, whatever. You know. Bye. Here's the thing. Most of the stuff I think Candace already believed because of how Robin was acting with the wand stuff. So it's like, now I don't, now there's no hope of getting it back. Fine. I'm going to be fucking honest. Yeah. Good for her. Um, We then, okay. So then we go to NECA. Going to meet Wendy for lunch to have their discussion. This was, I feel, very 50-50 online in terms of the discussion. I I watched it back a second time, and I'm like, I'm team Wendy in terms of the argument. Like, people, I saw some people be like, well, she argues like a lawyer, and she's clearly just trying to, like, do lawyerese. I'm like, okay, but... She's actually a good lawyer then because she's really breaking down this argument with NECA in a way that I think, like, is accurate. Yeah. To me, at least. Like, and maybe I'm just standing. I don't know. I don't think I am because I don't. I feel like I used to be very critical of Wendy. So it's like I'm not, like, indebted to this woman. But it's like, I don't know. I don't. I, there's something about NECA that I don't think is being honest. And yeah. Not just honest in terms of facts, but in terms of her intentions. And I feel like. Maybe if I'm biased in any way, it's from the fact that I look at her and I see Giselle. 
Yeah. I see the the puppet strings and I see that this was a plan. Well, the issue that I have with NECA is that she takes it three steps beyond, right? Yeah. She goes from, well, her mother made this phone call. So therefore she must be aware of it. She knows everything her mother's doing. She's the evil person. She's the one orchestrating all of this. She took that so much further beyond this phone call was made. Yeah. And so assumptions have been made about Wendy that have nothing to do with Wendy. Like say what you will about her mom. If you want to say, Hey, this is the vibe that, Lebe told me she got from that conversation. So that's all I know because that's secondhand information. Right. Um, but that is what I was told. And so I'm bringing that to you so that you can address that with your mom. Yeah. That would, that be would have thing. been fine. Right. But instead she walked in and said, you're coming for me. Your mother's an evil witch. And, you know, you're submitting my name to shrines and trying to ruin my life. Yeah, I know this for a fact. I know this for a fact. Even though I was not there, I was not three-wayed on this phone call. Yeah. You know? Uh, NECA starts and goes, I do want to go through everything that happened and see, you know, what can happen going forward. Maybe there's a misunderstanding. What do you mean a misunderstanding? Like, like that, that I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, maybe we can learn something, you know, about each other. Uh, Wendy goes... It says Eric Professional, I came to this meeting because the implication that she is putting out there about my mother is very damaging in our culture. She can attack me all she wants, but to attack my mother, that is out of line. And I agree with that. And yeah. I don't understand why, again, if this was your fucking mom, like Wendy, you would be acting just as Wendy is. Yeah. Is, is my thing. Um, Wendy orders water. And I only noted that because it was definitely the vibe of like Wendy knew I'm not going to be here long. Yeah. Which some people were making the argument like Wendy was going in, not wanting to solve it or whatever. But I'm like, but she wasn't. Yeah. I understand going in that way when you have certain demands and it's like, if those demands are not met, then fuck it. Like, well, I mean, I'm sorry. I would be, if I was the waiter or the waitress, at this table and someone came in and ordered a drink. And the thing is, is if you, you know, if you need to get up and walk out, you need to not have to deal with a tab. Sure. You need to not have to deal with leaving food or a drink on the table because that's disrespectful to the, so she's trying to be respectful to this establishment and to the people that are serving. Now in fairness, it is a close set on a reality show. So they were, it's, Production pays, whatever, like, fine, but... Sure, but, like, there's still a disrespect to getting up and and leaving uneaten food at a table. NECA goes, so, before I ever spent time in the group or was in the group's presence, my cousin-in-law, Lebe, received phone calls from your family, and then they they go to the confessional um, that, or or they, they, like, she says in the confessional, sorry, that it was before... Ashley even met, she even met Ashley for that thing, the scene three months ago where they talk about the Osu thing and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. That to me is odd to me. It's like that, like, I don't think, like, people are, like, analyzing Wendy's behavior, but, and fine, but it's like, also, NECA had this devastating, like, really damaging attack on her family through this phone call, and then in conversations with and about Wendy, she was just acting normal. That's fucking weird. Yeah. 
I'm like, um, NECA goes, that already set the tone for me because I knew that you guys had something against me. And Wendy goes, so can we stop right there? <laughs> like, like, wait a second. She goes, the biggest thing for me is that you called my mom a witch. NECA goes, I did, but that came after the phone call. Like, <laughs> okay. Like, mm. she, it's, it's frustrating how it's like this phone, again, this phone call that is only, it's not that she was not on, which in the same way, I understand, like, you're going to believe your sister-in-law in the way that you're going to maybe, like, that Wendy would believe her mother. But it's like, again, like, why are we operating like this is just like a known known? Well, the thing is, is there's so much of a different interpretation because we've heard both sides, right? We've heard from Lebe. Yeah. What she says this phone call was directly from Lebe. We've heard that. Right. We've also heard from Wendy's mother what this phone call was. Yeah, because those are very different phone calls. Yeah. Wendy says, you have to understand that that's not what I was told. I've spoken to my mother. I've spoken to my sister. Both of them categorically deny the accusation that you're making. Right. So Wendy is saying, look, this is what they said. I was not there. All I can tell you is what they told me. Yeah. And Wendy gets her good here because she goes, you keep on levying these false claims. So here about this. What did I do to you? What, like, what is something I did to you? And when NECA goes, Wendy, your family was acting on your behalf. And when he goes, you keep saying my family, she goes, but your mom submitted my name to a shrine. She says this on repeat, like five times in this conversation, word for word in a way where it just sounds like you scripted Rehearsed. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and again, this is a, again, indicative of number one, you're taking Lebe's word as gospel. Yeah. And number two. You're taking something, even if that's what her mom said, there's no proof that that actually happened. Right. Also, number three, you just said that they were doing it on Wendy's behalf. So it's not about her mom. It's not about the phone call. Yeah. Right? You are directly accusing Wendy of doing this. Right. She goes, it's impacted me. It's impacted my family. Everyone in Nigeria, you know what that means. At one point, Wendy almost looks to production as if to be like, it, it's really in a sense of just like, I feel like it was a look of like, this is a fucking setup. These, yeah. this, this, I know, like they had a fucking meaning to fucking try to take me down. Yeah. And that's, that's what it came off as. And sorry, when he goes, you know, the impact of calling someone or somebody's family member a witch. And Neka goes, but your mom submitted my name to a shrine. And when he literally pauses and goes, okay, she did not like, she, it's like, my problem also was that, like, every time she jabs with the, she submitted my name to a shrine. She submitted my name to a shrine. Like, it's, like, ja like jabbing in a way that it's, like, you're not having a conversation. You can say that 20 times. We get it. That is what you believe. But then NECA goes, I'm willing to put that aside and move forward. Why? That's the other thing that doesn't make sense. You're willing to put that aside? That's the entire crux. So you said... It's such a damaging thing to Nigerian culture. Not just to me, but in my entire family in Nigeria and here, right? It's damaging to everyone that has ever been connected to me, but I'm willing to put it aside. Because you know it's bullshit. Yeah. 
the, why in no realm if it was that serious of a thing would you be willing to put it fucking aside here case in point why wendy is not willing to put aside you calling her mom a witch because it actually does affect her and her family yeah when he goes so can you not say i apologize for calling your mom a witch and those allegations are not true and neca goes i can say i apologize for calling your mom the name of a witch and i apologize for calling you a bitch as well so she's not copping to the like which fine, whatever. Wendy goes, okay, thank you for the apology. Neca goes, Wendy, this has been a disturbing encounter from the very beginning. The phone calls, the crackhead. Wendy goes, you see what you do? And Neca goes, you're not understanding that I've been deeply impacted as well. Wendy goes, and I have, and so have my children. Neca goes, I never came for your kids. Wendy goes, you're Nigerian. You're Igbo. You know what that means. You called their grandmother a witch. When you call their grandmother a witch in our culture, it reverberates through a whole lineage. NECA then goes, and when you submit somebody's name to a shrine, you're destroying their lineage as well. Wait, so Mm. you put it to the side and then you put it back to the front. Right. You can't keep fucking like you can't. Like, you can't just say that it was, if anything, you can't just say it was a misunderstanding, right? Right. You can't, like, you can't just at the very least be like, your mom says one thing, my sister-in-law says another thing. They're, like you said, they're diametrically opposite things, so let's put that to the fucking side. Right, because no one recorded this conversation. There is no way to know which one is true. Yeah, when he goes, see the difference between you and I, I'm talking about the fact that you called my mom a witch in my face. I can say tangibly, you did that. You're talking about something that is hearsay and third party. That's the difference. Exactly. And NECA goes, well, Lebe can testify to what she was told about me. About me. It's like, fuck off. I'm just, whatever. When he's done, because it's just like you keep doing the jabbing of like the, the submitting the name to the shrine thing in a way that's just like, ridiculous to like and she goes on that note i'll tell you where i am i am moving forward and we can coexist it's clear you don't want peace and wendy gets up and goes no you don't want peace neka says this it's just like fuck off and then the weirdest thing so neka we then see neka like talking to the i'm assuming a producer right who's like right next to them or whatever for the scene she goes i want to apologize i wanted to apologize but she doesn't want the apology i'm giving and she like I would argue fake cries because it doesn't feel like crying. It just feels like you're like putting a raspiness on your voice because you're being so clear with like with the stuff you're saying. She goes, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going to cry, but not because of her. She knows all those things happen. She knows what her family did, but she can't admit to that because how can you say you're aware of your, your family tried to bully me? It just felt odd. And again, also with like the producery, like we talk about like the producer bias on the show to put that scene in. I don't understand why that scene needs to go in there. Yeah, it was, it was gross. I this did, whole thing was nasty to me. Yeah. Um, we then go to Candace and Chris's house for this scene. This scene again, like, uh, here's the thing I like about Candace and Chris and what we was kind of like the stuff, like it plays into the Robin stuff with like hiding the wand thing. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, is this scene fucking messy a little bit? And it's like, doesn't always show like the perfect side of their marriage and that they don't always communicate the best. Yeah. 1000%. And I know I saw a lot of people being like, Oh God, Candace, you're like embarrassing Chris with this scene, but it's like, okay, but they're showing their actual life, right? They're communicating in the way that they normally communicate, which is not great. Could be worked on, but 
But they at least understand each other at the end of it. But it's, and it's also honest. Yeah. Like. I'd much rather have that. I'd rather that than those fake fucking scenes in the beginning of the season with Robin and Juan that were so clearly fucking fake. Yeah. Sorry. Chris goes, did you go shopping? Because Candace has like a new bag. And Candace goes, this is from two weeks ago when my mom was here and I took her to Dior. Chris then goes. So money that you spent that you really didn't need to because it wasn't important and it's still in the box two weeks later. And Candace goes, no, money that I spent because I needed retail therapy because I'm busy and exhausted and haven't had time to open it. <laughs> like it's, it's one of those <laughs> things where it's like a little like pointed, but they're kind of like sort of it's, yeah. not, it's not joking. Don't get me wrong, but it's just sort of like we we communicate by being assholes to each other. Yeah. Um, I do think like when Chris goes, well, not to be a nag or anything. And Candace goes, then shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think like, so they, they talk about like the, the financial dynamic. Chris, Chris, Candace talks about how Chris is still working from home, doing his social media, like cooking stuff, which I do think is a fair point that people point out about like, okay, but like, that's not, a job i mean it is it is but it's i don't think it's bringing him in the Look, money that there like, are people who have made themselves millionaires off of youtube yeah so like i'm not gonna shit on being an influencer like you do what you need to do and he's doing it in his wheelhouse of cooking right like so fine like he's doing real content it's not like he's doing that those shitty ad placements where you're like just pointing in the corner. I guess. You know, at least he's not doing that shit. But like he's doing real cooking videos. Like I'm cool with that. Yeah. He's frustrated though because it's like I don't work in the restaurant anymore. And that was something that you were upset about because we didn't have enough time together. And now it's basically the opposite where you're constantly busy and I'm working from home. And so yeah, we, we got to f- figure that shit out. Um, Chris then asked about like what the timeline is to like start like the pregnancy. She, he says we have these ice cubes, which are embryos. Mm-hmm. Um, we have these ice cubes or whatever. And Candace talks about how she's kind of worried about like the timing of it with the whole stuff with the lump on her breast where she's like, what if that like exacerbates my hormones in a way that like does whatever this I understand. Like Chris was like, I understand that. And I, I resonated with Candace a lot here as somebody who has personally a lot of medical anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like, you know this. Like, I'm always, I will sometimes spin myself into a tailspin thinking I have cancer, mm-hmm. like, constantly. And I really visual, like, I saw myself and Candace a lot in this scene. Mm-hmm. And, and Chris doesn't necessarily, like, communicate the best in the sense that like you can't reason with that all the time like it's not yeah. something that you can just be like well because th- he pulls like they pull out the note from the doctor he's like he says there's no signs of cancer it's a you know it's benign or whatever and he's like but that's what it says candace and candace is like i want to take it the fuck out like i want to get i want it out of my body yeah like and i i don't know it just resonated a lot with me and i felt bad for chris but i also like and and it depends on the person. Sometimes medical anxiety, sometimes with anxiety, if you meet it with fact, it and fact and logic, it can quiet it. But like you said, a lot of times anxiety is irrational, yeah. and it's just there's not a lot you can do. You just kind of have to 
wait it out or like do what she's doing was like remove the issue. Yeah. Chris is like, I tell you all the time they're gray areas. And Candace goes, they're not gray areas with your health, Chris. If you don't take care of it, you're not here. And Chris goes, but if there's nothing to take care of, there's nothing to take care of. And they're kind of like getting intense with each other. But again, I, like I said, like that's a real thing. Like it's, it's a real like, you know, issue. And yeah. so like, you know, I, I, again, I like this scene as a scene, even though yeah. I'm like, yeah, they need to work on their communication. Yeah. But like, again, like you said, I would rather watch a thousand scenes like this than like the staged shit we were getting between Kyle and Mauricio this season on right. Beverly Hills. And at least like it's coming from a good, pl- I, I always feel like they're coming from a good place. They just don't know how to communicate. Right. Like that's better than like. Like, you know, any other franchise where, like, they're just assholes. Yeah. You know what I mean? For just the purpose of just being assholes. Yeah. Um, We then go to Giselle at her house, and her her and her daughters are getting ready for Grace's graduation. This was a – there's not much in it, but it's a sweet scene. Again, Giselle – like, they're really emphasizing the, like, let's put as many scenes with Giselle and her daughters as humanly possible in this season because we need it. Yeah, I mean, look, this is where Giselle excels. Mm. I don't really give a shit about seeing her with everybody else. No, not really. Uh, and they show some of the footage from the graduation and the celebration afterwards. Where she, and Giselle, and as I dub him, the morally corrupt Jamal Bryant, <laughs> uh, speak like foo. Um, yeah, again, sweet enough scene. Um, we then go, Robin is shopping with NECA and Mia for the trip, uh, stuff like that. And they're talking about like, things that have been happening in the group. Robin asked me about her and Karen. Mia goes, we're good because I know what I'm dealing with when it comes to her. I think Karen is fun when she wants to be fun, but then there's certain times when she's around certain people when I don't vibe with her as much. Like at Eddie's event, I'm like, okay, this is the energy I'm going to get because Wendy's here. I don't know what the fuck she's talking about that it's like because... I don't either. I think maybe it's because you're a shitty friend to her and yeah. you're wishy-washy with her. But also it just, again, I don't mean to be conspiracy theorists. I don't think it's conspiracy theorists really because there's pretty much good substantial evidence, but it's like they, it seems like they, these green eyed bandit, you know, group gets their story together and, and it's, everything seems calculated to me. Everything mm-hmm. seems calculated. So for them being like, yeah, Karen acts up when Wendy's around. Seems like projection because mm-hmm. you guys act up when each other are around. Like Robin, for example, you're always like multiple times looking to Giselle for how to react. Yeah. People have pointed that out. If you pay close attention, like when Wendy's like talking and or something or et cetera, Robin is like, how do I react? How do you want me to get my marching orders? Right. It's just like you're projecting. NECA then talks about her and how her and Wendy talked. She goes, I apologize in the heat of our dispute, calling you out of your name and calling you a bitch and your mother getting lost in the crossfire. Like that is such a like fucking not fully what happened. No, not at all. That's revisionist bullshit. She goes, that wasn't good enough for her. And Robin goes, cause she doesn't want to move forward with you. Fuck off. Fuck you are you you and your fucking pinky in the brain bestie are the epitome of not moving on in this group. 
Wendy said one fucking thing to you, Robin, two years ago about how you don't have a real relationship to care about or whatever. And you've held that against her for two fucking years. Give me a goddamn break. Like, you fucking suck. I'm so sick of that. Like, uh, I'm so, I'm, I, like, I was like, as when Karen dragged her like 10 minutes later, I was like, thank fucking God. Yeah. Um, they all, okay. So they all fly out to the Dominican Republic and they're heading out in the Sprinter van. Uh, Robin's telling them about the villa that it's like 380 acres, that it's, you know, a, a really nice place. Um, Mia is talking with Giselle and Karen in the back and Mia, Mia, I feel like is hinting to like something big is either happened or is happening with like the Gordon stuff at this point. Cause she goes, look, I need a vacation. So if you see me on someone's beach, half naked, don't ask no questions. Giselle goes, I mean, like if you and Gordon are like done, then is that how you're going to start being a hoe? And Mia goes, Gordon's not going to live till 110. You guys. She's very like just being like, yeah, I'm I'm going through a lot and I'm not happy. So like, wow, it's like I I I'm fascinated to see how this shoe drops in terms of their stuff because like it's well, yeah, because we still haven't seen that argument between the two of them where he calls her out for cheating. Yeah, so that's gonna be something. Uh, Karen says that Ray apparently goes to this villa all the time, Casa de Campo, that they're going to. And then Karen fucking tells this story. And Karen should have not said this. No. She goes, 27 years ago, I rang the villa phone, right? Villa phone, right? You know, girl, I didn't know uh, what I had married. A girl had picked up. She goes, hello, Mr. Raymond's not available. And Candace goes, did he get a concubine? Like, what? What the fuck? She goes, they all stay at the villa, though. You have, like, the butler. You have the cleaning lady. She picked up the phone. That's Ray's story, at least. And I'm like, yeah, that's Ray's story. That, I, the only time I've agreed with Giselle this whole fucking season, she goes, what made answers the phone? <laughs> I, yeah, a maid answers the phone. Do, do they? Yeah. I guess. Or a butler or somebody, like. If you've got wait staff that is staying there, they answer the phone. Maybe. Giselle's like, Ray done pulled the okie doke on Karen. Especially this was in the 90s. Yeah. So it's 27 years ago, she said. Sure. You could smoke in pretty much anywhere at that time. Yeah. So, it's like, so they like, had, it, everything was different. It was a new world. <laughs> or it was an old world. Sure. Uh, they arrive at the villa. Fucking Candace at her confessional goes, I would like to know, since Juan clearly has a penchant for paying for the hotels of perfect strangers from Canada, Ooh. did he help Robin pay for this villa for the girls? Candace, again, is like gloves off. Yeah, but he ain't got no money. Yeah, he just he ain't working right now. Yeah. Um, when So they all get to the villa. Wendy goes, let's do a toast to having fun, to Robin hosting us. And this was another moment where Robin looked at Giselle. She goes, let's do a toast to no drama, and let's do a toast to getting drunk. And then as they all toast, Neca whispers to Giselle, no drama involving you. It, you're, it's like you're... It, 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 that's such a my problem is is that such a Giselle move yeah right it's like Giselle's been doing that shit all season where it's like no you're learning it's like literally teaching a child like all the wrong things to do and it's like oh you can't unlearn that god well, damn it well and I I feel like at this point it's like it's like yeah we could fire Giselle but then we would have all of the Giselle bullshit still here yeah it's still like manifested and like yeah infiltrated um kiana who's also on the or kiana sorry she has an r but it's whatever um she her ulcer starts kicking up apparently so she has to like go to the bathroom or whatever um so and that kind of plays in later 
Um, they go through all the rooms, and there's four single rooms with single beds, and four or there's four there's two doubles basically. Um, so two uh, four people have to be in in, in a double bedroom. Robin goes. Karen, I want to bestow upon you an experience that you've never had before in this group. So you will be in one of the doubles. And Karen going, pass me by, old gentle savior. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> when I, like, can't, like, to make it such a... I, people might have found this funny. I don't know. But, like, to make it such a the performance of, like... Well, Karen's going to get the double route. It's like, tells me that this was all vindictive. Yep. And it's like one of those things where it's like, I guess some people find it. I, Karen tends to take it in stride because it's like, you know, I'll just shade you back. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it get. I'm with Candace by the end of this episode where it's like, this shit gets fucking annoying. Like, it's, yeah. it's just really not funny. It's relentless. It's, yeah. Um, Robin says her confessional, what's the problem? Robin and Giselle have had to do it multiple times. Yeah, but that's because you guys are literally almost like conjoined twins at this point. Yeah. Because you don't have a brain of your own. Yeah. So yeah, everyone assumes you're going to room together. Robin then gives the other singles to Giselle (laughs) for whatever reason. NECA because she's the new person. And I guess it's Ashley's birthday coming up, so they give it to Ashley. So conveniently this group. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah. By the way, Hmm. Mia, pay close attention because you clearly are, are, are on the bottom of that fucking totem pole. Yeah. And this always happens, by the way. Once a new girl comes in, whoever was the new girl last year that they roped in then gets shunned because yeah. they did that with Wendy. Mm-hmm. And then now it's Mia. They give, they've given Mia like a year pretty much. But now that it's NECA, Mia, you're going to be next. Guarantee it. Yeah. Guarantee it. Um, and Karen whispers and she wants me to share. I'm going to, I'm going right over here to the office. I'm, I'm going to talk to you later. And then Karen fucking literally pulls a concierge or whatever to just be like, look, I need a room with a view of the water and, and a single bedroom. This is the only time I would argue, unless somebody can name a different time. This is like the only time in housewives history where someone being an asshole about wanting a good room and like be, and causing a fit about it. I'm siding with. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is she's not even rude about it. She just pulls some, and it's not like she's over there demanding, like, you're going to make this right and you're going to make it right right now. She's not yeah. being a Karen about it. Even though, it even is though that is her name. Um, but like, she's like, look, this is what I need. This is what, and I, whatever you need me to pay. For it, I will pay for yeah. Karen or Ashley goes, Karen, I'm going to give you my room. Calm down. It's a single. And Karen goes, but the view though, <laughs> now it's about the view as well. She goes, Ashley goes, so are you leaving the resort? Karen goes, no, I'm staying here. Ashley goes, how can you stay here if Robin has already divided the rooms? And Karen goes, easily. It's called Benjamin's. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> it was very NeNe Leaks coded of, they make it when you have the coins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Karen tells them, I do like a bit with a view because my ass is claustrophobic. None of y'all ask why. <laughs> They're like, why would we ask? <laughs> like, no, that's not, Karen. I love you. That's not why. Right. But it's like they have the targets are correct. That's the only reason I'm like with Karen. Giselle, confessional goes, girl, what do you want? Not want people to see in the middle of the night when you take your wig off. I know you look when you, how you look when you take that wig off. Yeah, I get it now. You don't want anybody to see that. Like, Okay, fine. Whatever. I just Giselle's humor doesn't even like pierce me anymore. 
Wendy and Candace are sitting by the pool and they're like, Ashley, what happened? Robin goes, Ashley offered her room and then Karen turned her nose up because she was so worried about the view. And Karen walks up and goes, shut up, Robin, with your descriptions of bullshit. Uh, this is where we get to Karen being on Robin's ass this whole episode in a fucking phenomenal way. Robin goes, if you just took Ashley's offer, your ass would be right here and then you would have a review. And Karen goes, Robin, just shut up. Robin goes, no, I'm not going to shut up. Karen goes, shut up. I'm not listening to your raggedy ass. <laughs> and then Robin goes, I'm going to, I can talk all I want. Blah, 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 blah. And Karen goes, blah, blah, blah. Fuck you. <laughs> Walks out. <laughs> I'll do it. And then she, again, Robin just goes, blah, 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 blah. It was so annoying. Like. Because she's a child. I, um, it dies down for a little bit. And then Karen is on the couch with Ashley. Karen goes, I have no room. And Ashley goes, what happened to the room that you were getting from the concierge? And Karen goes, I tried. I'm homeless. <laughs> I'm homeless in Casa de, Casa de Campo. <laughs> she's like, I think she said something like, all the ladies were yelling too much. And so we scared her off, basically. <laughs> Ashley goes, so you're not willing to stay with Mia, your friend? And Karen goes, do you hear Mia's backstabbing comments? No, ma'am. I'll stay right here on this sofa. So if I have to fuck her up, I will. <laughs> <laughs> God, this is the Karen I've been missing. <laughs> Ashley goes, okay, Karen, this is what I'll say. And Karen goes, you going to take me in? Yes, you are. And then she puts her hand over her mouth to be like, I'm so excited. Ashley goes, I will stay with Mia. And then Robin off to, off to the side goes, oh, you're so nice. And Karen goes, Robin, get your raggedy ass out of the view, please. <laughs> <laughs> Robin goes, you were so funky to her. And Karen goes, no, I ask questions, Robin. See, Robin, you can take a page out of my book. And Robin goes, oh, I don't want no pages out of your book. <laughs> Uh, Karen thinks Ashley's like, I'll make it up to you later. And Robin goes, you need to apologize. And Karen goes, you need to get the fuck up out of my face. <laughs> Yay. I love activated Karen. Karen, when, it's the best thing when particularly Karen is dragging Robin. It's such a, the, the best Karen moments in her entire run is when she is dragging Robin to her face. Because she's ill-equipped. To fire back. I still always love the... Robin, you realize you were the dizziest bitch sitting up here on this table. <laughs> <laughs> so perfect. Um, uh, Giselle is checking on Kiana uh, because of you know her not feeling so well. And apparently Giselle also knew Kiana because she's a hairstylist who is friends with her hairstylist, Cal, who we've seen on the show before. So, like, that's their connection. Giselle says her confessional, she visibly has been sick, and her so-called friends can't even check up on her and see how she's feeling. I mean, you know, typical. It's like, I see what, I see your games. I, I see them. I'm, we, they don't work anymore. Your devil magic doesn't work on this show anymore. Yeah. We know what you do always. It's so fucking blatant. You're not, you're not going to try to, Pit them against each other. And we know it doesn't work because Kiana fucking defended Candace's honor by whooping uh, Cookie Monster's ass later. So <laughs> uh, they get ready to all go out to night golf. That's like the first thing they do. I love Candace like literally dressed for golf and everyone else is just like summer dresses and like. Yeah. It's like that's not golf attire. Candace is like, I'm committed. Um, but then Giselle has Robin, me and Ashley together in a room and talks about how she has this plan. Because Karen had been talking stuff about NECA being in North Potomac and all that stuff. That she's going to crown her the new Grand Dame of Potomac. And she literally printed a sash with the fucking area code. And I'm done. I'm just like, fucking hell. Like, really? 
I, it's so dumb. You know how how performative it is, by the way. Giselle also keeps calling her Naka. She keeps saying, "So with Naka, it's like you don't even know this girl's name. Don't act like you're friends with her, and then yeah. like you've like developed this close relationship. You literally don't even know how to pronounce her name. She's just an asset to you." Yeah. Ugh, I hate it. So she gathers everybody out by the pool and they have a special presentation and Giselle tells them like all what Karen had said about NECA's house. And Karen goes, Oh, you told on me NECA. That was supposed to be a girl's moment. I said, I never had, I had never been on that street and I lived in Potomac for 27 years. That's what I said. <laughs> like, which she did. I, I, which honestly is shadier than what I even think she said at the moment about like the North Potomac thing. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, my favorite part was when she was on watch what happens live. Oh, she does have a plot of land which she can govern, <laughs> or a strip, a, a strip of land. <laughs> it was uh, don't fuck with Karen. But Giselle's like, we're gonna crown you, ba ba da da, queen of or grand dame, but whatever. Candace is so visibly over it, and and honestly, it was such a mood to me because I was like, thank you for speaking for the audience. At least, maybe not the whole audience, but like definitely those us. of us with brains. Yeah, and Candace says in her confessional. Any opportunity that this sinister imp has to inflict pain on others, she's going to take it. And she just walks off being like, I can't deal with this shit. Like, this is so yeah. stupid. Sinister imp is such a great, like, Candace is such a way with words. Oh, yeah. I fucking love Candace. Yeah. And that's where it leaves off. It's like, that was Potomac. Like, uh, better, sort of. Karen saved it. But it was just like, Again, a lot of stuff that I just don't feel is, like, living up to what it needs to live up to. Yeah, something's got to give on Potomac. Yeah. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we're talking the newest episode of Vanderpump Rules. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling man. That's right. Do you want something new to put on your reading list? Are you feeling your holiday spirit grow while also being astutely politically in tune? Then you'll want to pick up The Santa Strike, a new book by Shanna Hammaker. While home in Midland, Texas on a weekend visit with the eccentric uncle who raised him, Marion Wachlowski, otherwise known as Mary, discovers a long-forgotten letter Uncle Joe wrote to Santa Claus. Mary keeps it to share with his girlfriend Lindsay and his best friend Tommy, at first, they consider the letter to be nothing more than a silly lark. What kind of grown man would write a letter to Santa? But soon, Mary and Lindsay find themselves caught in a much larger mystery concerning many, many more letters to Santa, all surrounding the crisis of gun violence in America. You can order The Santa Strike now on Amazon, available both on Kindle and in paperback. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com Welcome back to Again is MB. Let's head on over to LA where we see Sandoval take an ice plunge to get the outside temperature to match the temperature of his cold, dead heart on Vanderpump Rules. Jesus Christ, but you're not wrong. Um, Vanderpump Rules for this week. I hated this episode. Yeah. I'm going to say it. It was awful. Uh, it w And not even... The, 
Sandoval wasn't even the worst part about it. And that's also really fucking frustrating. Um, I'm getting really disappointed in Lala and Sheena. Really disappointed. We'll talk about the after show as well, which was also like kind of the sticking point. Yeah. More Lala this episode than Sheena. And like some of this is I maybe manipulation on her part uh, that's being inflicted on her part. But like I I think my frustration with this episode is that we know they're trying to do a redemption season, right? Right. We know that like and part of me is like, we got to get to a point where you guys can film together. And we got to get to a point where, like, we can operate like normal. Fine. I get it. Yeah, the way we get there is we fire this asshole. Or he apologizes and grows as a human being. But that's, but I mean, to expect that of a man. How, yeah. How can we? Yeah. Um, But, like, it just really reinforced some really terrible messages, I think, in terms of, like, what how to handle things in life. Yeah. Like the, like the, like the, the, the overarching like message of the episode was just toxic. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm with, um, with Allie. I think Allie is increasing in my view. Yeah. Um, and is becoming the most level headed person on this cast. Really? Um, Oddly enough, Brock was in the same lane, but I think he quickly will shift. Right. So we'll see. But Allie, I think, is going to stick here in that, no, fuck this guy. Like, if I have and to be... And it's not a, even, like, intensely fuck this guy. Like, right, but it's more of a, he fucked up. He's not really my friend. I'm friends with Ariana. So why would I spend time with him and ruin the friendship I have with Ariana and then also, I love how she says at one point, I don't want to be around him because I know myself. Yeah. And I know that if he's sitting there crying to my face, I'm going to feel bad. And I don't want to do that. So I'm not going to be around him. And guess what? That's okay. Yeah. Because you don't have to be friends with anybody. Yeah. Just because they exist. Yeah. We'll get to it. Um, James and Allie are getting set up for the, uh, pool party that they're having at their house. Uh, it's like their first big sort of like party, obviously with like the new house that they bought. James and his confessional going, not only did I buy all the drinks, the food for the barbecue, I bought the barbecue for this party. I had to buy fucking like what? Like 12 towels? Probably spent at least like two grand on this party. And then he pauses and goes, shit. <laughs> yeah. Cause you spent two grand. Like it's not a two grand worthy party. Like the most of that went to, yeah, getting a barbecue grill, but like, but like that's something you're not going to spend again, you know, for sure. you'll have that grill for several years. That's fair. So like it's an investment in future parties. Sure. <laughs> it's, it's so great. It, but it, I also really love the idea of just like, yeah, I'm ready to throw a party. It's like, wait, I have to buy like towels and like, fucking, yeah. like, like, Oh, I don't have these things ready. It's it, like, to me, I resonated with that. But next time you have a pool party, all you have to buy is food and alcohol. Yeah. Like, all the other things you still have. Yeah. Uh, we go to uh, Ariana's house. Ariana and Tom's house. By making the point, say Ariana's house. Uh, yes. They go to, and, and in her room, Katie and Ariana are getting ready. Ariana going, can you believe our Lyft driver last night? And apparently... <laughs> When they were coming back from see you next Tuesday, their Lyft driver was the same f- 
fucking Lyft driver who picked up Tom and Ariana after Ariana found out about the, the stuff in the phone. Wild. And she tells the story on Call Her Daddy originally of just being like, yeah, we were like just sort of like it was like at, at one point I had to turn over and be like, are you hearing this? And he's like, yeah, <laughs> like it's crazy. Uh, Ariana goes, I was like, well, we're not together anymore. He's like, that makes sense. Like he definitely doesn't know like it's this big thing. And I love Katie going, yeah, like it's like, have you heard of this thing called Reddit? <laughs> I love that her point of reference is Reddit. Yeah. It's not that it's not Twitter, not you know, Katie is definitely a Reddit bitch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was in... Well, I think she even said it at the time. She's like, I've seen all the theories. I was, like, looking in all the, you know... Yeah, I loved it. Uh, Ariana says, last night was fine. And Katie goes, eh. I love Katie. like, we don't even have to say it was fine. Like... <laughs> she goes... Or Ariana goes... I thought Lala had some, like, really great points last night. And Schwartz was like, you guys are all, like, ganging up on me. Like, three people have something to say, and that means we're being ganged up on. Like, yes. It's like they weren't ganging up on him. But there was also, like, a whole half of that group that didn't say anything. Yeah. Like, James and Allie were sitting there. Sheena was sitting. Like, they didn't say anything. Right. They weren't ganging up on you. It's crazy. Ariana. Oh, so Ariana then in her confessional, it was, this made it, they, the presentation of this, I feel like made it look worse than it actually was. She's like got a mirror out to like check on her makeup and like is dabbing it. So it's mm-hmm. clearly like in the middle of like something, but which, but I mean the point of them, including that also kind of, you know, I think they're trying to make Ariana look as bad as possible. Possible. Sorry. I think so too. I get like, I expected that, but it's like, I I think it's because productions production is there to create redemption for anyone who is a bad person. Right. And they know they can't fully redeem Sandoval, but they have to be like, well, there's a gray area. Right? Right. And like that, but there's not a gray area. There's not a gray area here. Ariana says, this guy that I haven't spoken to in like however many months, like all of a sudden is some sort of authority on who I am and how I live my life and how I think and feel. That's interesting. Just like a man. Like, yeah, but like, yes. So true. Like, what is short? Like, what short's doing the whole, like, she's acting like the queen bee and she's got an ego, et cetera. You haven't spoken to her in three months. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. She, like, whether, like, the presentation is, like, not the cleanest or, like, the most, like, nice and pretty and perfect in, like, a package from Ariana, when you actually listen to what she's saying, everything she says makes sense. Yeah. Um, And they both agree that they'd rather work on the restaurant and stuff like that than actually go to Lake Tahoe. Katie Lurie goes, I would rather eat a jean jacket. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, but it makes so much sense even when the story broke out of, so like the fact that Katie was the only one staying with Ariana because it's like why would Katie even want why would Katie want to be around Schwartz at all just yeah. from her own experience and Sandoval at all there's no perp like there's no reason for that you know it's crazy um, we then see Lala and Sheena stopping by Villa Rosa when Lala gets out of the car she goes should we place a bet on Lisa making a comment that I'm not wearing any clothes because they're in their bikinis because they're going to go to the pool party um and lisa of course says how come you guys have no clothes on like <laughs> literally seconds after they walk in the door yeah she also introduces them to donut who's her new um pomeranian pomeranian 
Um, I'm got just dogs, man, dogs and flowers just manifesting. I love this conversation happens outside where she's just like, yeah, I'm just working on these flower arrangements. And like, it's just like, are you perpetually working on flower arrangements? Is that like all you do in this house? I guess. Um, they go outside. Lisa already has like her sad face on. Like she, she literally is just like, and I get, well, like we said, I believe that Sandoval hit her in a real place. Yeah. I'm not denying that, but it's just also, mm, I'm, I'm wrestling with that though, with myself though, because some of the stuff that Lisa says here feels producery and feels performative and feels in a way in which to be like, not purely out of, I want to protect this man. It's, from a like this is my in it feels like that to me yeah because look look i think he hit her in a real place but i think that it played into her already pre-existing biases that are always seemingly in favor of the boys on this show which rachel pointed out on her podcast recently and was pretty astute and smart and spot on about it. Yeah. Because she's always held the girls on this show to a much higher standard because I don't think Rachel's mental health was treated with the same care necessarily that Sandoval's was also in terms of care going back to it. Like what does care look like? The care would look like not being on this show. Right. Like, that's where it's just like you're producing a show and I don't like I don't see that intention she goes listen I really want to talk to you about so many things and I don't think you're going to like everything I have to say I spent time with Sandoval I really know for a fact that he's in a very dark place but it's like you uh, you know it because he told you um Emily from uh she speak uh she's speaking made a really great point about like what what Lisa presents of this like conversation is as if Sandoval's demeanor and like presentation and all that was of like a depressed shell of himself. Like, you know, it was the same thing Andy has been perpetuating about what he was at the reunion, which is not what it was at all. And it's like, no, that's actually not what the conversation was like. He was actually aggressive towards you and yelling at you. Yeah. And I get, and the response to that is, well, depression can manifest in different ways, but that's not like, you don't, you have not seen his depression. You've seen him say, I have depression. Right. And I get it, but it's like, it's not the same thing. Um, Sheena goes, I'm pissed off. You know, when his friend passed away, I sent a very nice text. What did he do? He blocked me. He's diving into this villain energy and I'm not here for it. He needs to humble himself, have some humility. And I told him to get a good therapist. Yeah. So it's like, literally, like, these are the problems you need to fit. Like, if you want, I, I can care about your mental health. I can say you shouldn't do anything to yourself. These are the things you need to fix. You need to go see a therapist. Yeah. And we'll get to it later. He is doing literally everything except seeing a therapist. Like, we will, ugh, we'll get to that scene. It is fucking, like this like it's it's just it's frustrating because it's like okay you he wants to scream about how he wants to be accepted back into the group but he he just wants to be accepted as he is now right without having to do anything and the thing that they're telling you is that you need to do this 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 and this and if you are truly that depressed and you're not ready to handle that part of that 
that's fine. Nobody's putting a time clock on you apologizing and making amends with this group. But you know what is happening? He's putting a time clock on them. Because remember later with Schwartz, he goes, it's been five months. Like, they still are mad about it. It's been five months. Right. Like, but he can still rant and still talk about how terrible it's been to him fucking 10 months later. Yep. Crazy. Not, we, well, I'll I'll bring it up at, at the, at the thing, at the bath thing. Lala, or Lisa goes, maybe he's angry. He's upset. He doesn't understand what he's doing. And Lala goes, no, he's actually doubling down because what did he say about me last night? And she says, she called, he called her a narcissist. Like, so, like, the idea that he doesn't understand what he's doing is also horseshit. Like, yeah. Lala goes, I've messed up a lot of times, and I feel like I own it all the time. And, yes, because the women on this show are expected to yep. own it all the fucking time. She goes, yes, I should have asked more questions with Randall. I'm not stupid. I understand it. And Lisa goes, I haven't held that against you, have I? And she goes, he has. Going out into the press and saying, Lala needs to be real. She doesn't share her life. She was a mistress. Lisa then goes, is that the worst thing he said? What has James said to you? I was so pissed at Lisa for saying that. Basically being like, that's that's the epitome of saying the stuff that hurt you, get over it. But the stuff that hurt him, we need to be falling over backwards. Yep. To fix his shit. And Lala didn't even go into the full shit. Lala didn't even... Lala started on the list of shit that Sandoval has done to her. She didn't include the claim saying, well, she should have gotten... She shouldn't have gotten knocked up before being... Knowing, you know, being with Randall or whatever. She didn't even mention the fucking IUD comment at the fucking reunion. Yeah. Like, there is so much fucking shit that Lala could rip him to fucking shreds for. And has every right to be... To never speak to him again for. Oh, Yeah. And we're just absolutely, and we're just gonna be like, get over it. Like, this is that was the epitome to me of what you were talking about of like Lisa defending men. And, oh yeah, and just never having that same respect for the women. Yeah, well, I mean, it, and it's not even just defending men, but it's also holding women to a higher standard. Like, we had all of like all of that shit that went down with Faith, right? Right. Jax didn't get fired over that. No. He got fired because he told her at the at the cast the the finale party that season that this was his show. And when the face stuff happened, what happened at that reunion? What did Lisa focus on at that reunion? The fact that Faith recorded him. Mm-hmm. And and that she was doing it for clout to get on the show. That's exactly what Lisa said. She as every abil- every chance she gets, she sells out the woman as much as possible. Right, but nobody has brought up the fact that Sandoval recorded Raquel against her will. Yeah. Nobody has ever even brought that up that Raquel did not know she was being recorded on that FaceTime call. Right. But but Faith is bad and we're for li- bringing up her being abused. And we're likely never going to acknowledge it on the show, yeah. by the way. I don't trust that they're going to bring that up. Yeah. Because they would have. Yeah, they would have already. Yeah. So, like... It like it's the way that they have. I like him a lot, but the way that like they have just dismissed all of the shit about James. Yeah. Like that's fucking real world shit that needs to come up, which I have a feel. We'll we'll get to the conversation with him and Lala where I 
feel like it could, and and I'm, I and I hope it does actually. Like, if it, anybody's going to bring it up, it's Lala, right? And it's and it's hard because it's not it's it's almost not for James to bring up, but like right. you know what I mean. Um, Lala goes, I can't forgive someone when they can't acknowledge how they hurt me. And Lisa goes, but you have the support, the love. Your life is going swimmingly. His isn't. No, it's fucking not going swimmingly. She's still dealing with a fucking custody battle. She's still dealing with a lot of shit. Again, it's like what we said before with the Ariana stuff. If she's not in a ball crying, she's over it. Right. If she has anything to, like have tangibly in her life like a sponsorship or you know getting a gig or something like that then she's over it yeah like lisa seems to forget that there was at this point in time they just had that documentary about randall come out yeah so like she's dealing with a lot of public scrutiny right now outside of this little bubble right because randall was huge in hollywood right so like she and she's living in the town where it's an issue so like what is she everywhere she goes she has eyes on her right and lisa well and all the cast has that this season people have talked about how paparazzi has been a huge issue during filming of this season yeah because of Scandaval and production has even said to the point that they wish Scandaval had not happened because it made it was so difficult to film this season. Mm -hmm. Like Lisa does not know what that looks like because Lisa is not really getting that same scrutiny. Yeah. Lisa says her confessional. I look at Tom Sandoval as a man who is a shadow of his former self. And it's like, that's the part you're losing is that this isn't a shadow of his former self. This is just the fucking cloak off of him. When we look back at past seasons, we're like, oh, wait, why didn't we see this? Yeah. I, I don't know if you know this, um, Lisa, but the shadow of a pile of shit still stinks. Yeah. It's still nasty. Lisa goes, I've seen depression. I know he's depressed. I remember the words that my brother w when my brother was depressed. There's only so much one person can take before they break. I don't want to be in a position where we have regret. Fine. Fine. Yeah. I get that inclination. And she, but she goes, Tom Sandoval is not the kind of person to say that he's had suicidal thoughts unless he means it. Then don't agree with him in a fucking facility. Right. That part. Also, don't agree with that fully because he's also lied about Ariana's mental health. Right. Like, and and has lied and is going to continue to lie this episode, by the way. Um, Lala goes, I hear what you're saying. I don't want anyone to wear something for the rest of their life because I know what it's like to continue seeing something. I don't want that. And Lisa goes, exactly. Like, she was so happy. It's like, yay, we can fucking have my season back. Like, Lala goes, Tesla confessional. In my, this is where I, this is where Lala frustrated me so much. She goes, in my mind, I looked at him as someone who was like my ex. They don't have feelings. I've been holding on to a lot of anger. I don't trust anybody. It's just not healthy. And she's acting as though like, maybe not acting, but like maybe it's, she's second guessing herself, but it's like, she's thinking that like, because I'm so, I look at everyone as if like they're a problem, right? But Sandoval is, is a problem. Yeah. Like, like, and later it happens with Schwartz later. Schwartz also has a problem to a certain extent and you were accurate in calling them out. You were accurate. Lala. Yeah, you were. Well, and that's part of the whole like healing from trauma thing. You don't trust yourself anymore. 
You don't trust how you view the world. Yeah. You can't trust your own senses. And in a way, you are gaslighting yourself. Right. Into letting things slide because you are so used to being trigger happy. Mm-hmm. And so you you have to She's overcompensating out, in the yes, opposite direction. Correct. And so it's it's difficult to find out where that line goes. I know this because I've been through this. It's she'll get there. Right. She's just still in the after effects of I'm she's she's overcompensating now. Right. And it's like Lala, other people are seeing the things that you're seeing, so you're not crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sheena goes, this hasn't been easy for me, especially. Here we go. <laughs> fucking here we go. Like, the way Sheena makes everything about her is now getting really fucking frustrating to me. And she did it a lot on the after show, too. Yeah. It's crazy. She goes, he was genuinely one of the best things I ever had in my life. And Lisa goes, but doesn't it make it easier to forgive? I'm sorry. My response was, hell no. That makes it harder. Well, okay, okay, Lisa. You think it's easy if someone has like a 10-year-long, a extensive, long friendship with someone and that person fucks them over, it's easier to forgive? Fine, Lisa. Fine. How about you use your own fucking logic? Where, when are you forgiving Kyle? Yep. It's been, what, five years? Mm-hmm. And you're still jabbing with each other? Mm-hmm. All because she said that you were a liar about an article? Have you called her since the news broke about her and Mauricio? So don't be like, oh, but because you're friends. That makes it feel manipulative in this part. When you're using that whole like, well, you were friends, so it should be easier, right? Like what Sandoval did was a hundred times worse than what Kyle did to you. And I was on your side on that. Yeah. But it is a hundred times worse. So no, it's not easier. Yeah. And then our, uh, Sheena goes, is it worth losing Ariana? Which I'm like, oh, great. This is how we're going to make it Ariana's fault. She goes, talk to her about it. Don't be a people pleaser. Just go where your gut tells you. It's not where your gut, her gut tells her. It's where you're telling her. <sighs> and just, yeah. And she's like, let's just stop attacking him. None of us are perfect. Nobody's attacking him. Literally no one's attacking him. Not even Ariana is attacking him. By his own admission, Ariana's not attacking him. Right. So, fuck off. Yeah. Fuck off. Uh, they all... Okay, so then they start to arrive at the pool party. I love Katie walking and going, this is like Love Island. It's nowhere. I've, the little I've seen of Love Island looks nothing no. like it. Um, Swartz brings a third plant to James and Allie's. Like, at this one, it's like, come on, dude. Like... I'm glad that Allie called that out, though. She's like, I'm going to need to get a gardener eventually, apparently. So, great. Um, Schwartz says in his confessional, the conversation last night with the girls, you know, didn't go well. They tarred and feathered me. Overdramatic. And then he goes, but I'm Tom Schwartz. I'm not the accessory to the affair. Yes, you fucking are. Like, every account... You are the accessory to the affair. You admitted finally on Watch What Happens Live when someone asked about what Rachel's comments that, yeah, you did know the whole fucking time. You tried to claim on Watch What Happens Live. Well, I said that the whole time. No, you fucking didn't. Uh, you you actually fucking didn't. Um, and if we're to believe Raquel, you also had your apartment be the hideout. Yeah. 
So, yes, you are the accessory. And that's the other frustrating thing is that he's not even fucking – like, he, and he knows. He knows why Ariana's mad at him. He knows what he did to her. He knows about the bagel truck scene and the scene at the fucking glamping thing. He is fucking aware of all of that and how that hurt Ariana, but he wants to make it seem he's just innocent Tom Schwartz who just happened to be friends with a cheater. So therefore he's being wrapped up in it. No one buys it. We're not fucking stupid. Yeah. Also, can you um, tell I'm angry? (laughs) Yeah. Also, like, let's not ignore the fact that tarring and feathering is like literal torture. Like they, they questioned you in public. This was not a mob hunting you down. Also tarring and feathering is something else that happened a lot to, um, Jim Crow era black folks in America. Yeah. Well, it was happening a lot in the British colonies, but it happened a lot after slavery was abolished. Yeah. And after this week, I feel like the Toms should probably avoid that topic as much as humanly possible. Yeah. Because we no longer compare yourselves to black folks, right? Because we haven't even talked about Sandoval's uh, New York Times interview. Jesus fucking Christ. Hey, you're not George Floyd. You're not. You're not George Floyd. Also, you can tell that because George Floyd is dead. And before anyone is like, he was talking about the media coverage and how it was overblown. It wasn't. It actually wasn't. CNN ran one headline about it on their website. That was it. I think The View talked about it like two or three times. Cool. That was it. That was all. George Floyd had massive nationwide protests. Rightly. Rightly. OJ Simpson was a fucking, like appointment like like it's like stop 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 there's no excuse for what he said he needs to stop fucking talking and bravo knows that what he said was bullshit because they literally contacted the author and was just like hey what the fuck did he say um (laughs) so yeah speaking of and they didn't ask uh schwartz about it on watch what happens live when he was there the same fucking day it happened and schwartz did an interview with rolling stone where apparently his publicist said we will not answer questions about that. Jeez, I didn't even see that. Yeah. Holy shit. Fucking coward. Um, no, Santa, Schwartz, if you just explain it like you always do, it'll fix it. Um, so, speaking of Sandoval, we then see him and Billy Lee go do cold plunges at this fucking cryo. Into me, see? Into me, see. But they're not fucking no. in this place that is literally a pun name for intimacy. No. They're I, not going as a couple. As much as Billy Lee wants it to be, we'll get to it. Like there was She literally looks at him like I look like look I look at a pork chop. She looked at him like Raquel that that like Sandoval looked at Raquel last season. Yeah. She's literally been biting her lip, <laughs> looking him up and down. Sandoval says in a confessional. I realize that I have to be able to handle these emotions in different ways, healthier ways. You know the healthy way? Go to fucking therapy. Yeah. Except instead of doing this performative bullshit that's just to make you look cool. Ain't I so cool? You know, sitting in this water bath. He sits in and goes. I couldn't tell if they were what the music in the background was supposed to tell me. I couldn't tell if they wanted us to wanted us to take it seriously because I fucking didn't. It was embarrassing. And 
my knowledge of cold plunges yeah is you have to have ice in the water. Yeah, there was it was just still water. It was just water. Now, they do have fancy tubs now that you can like turn it down to like really 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 cold and it's chilled by the tub itself. Yeah. It's like the opposite of a hot tub. But like I don't know. But I don't it, know if that's what they had. But it's not even like the normal reaction of seeing people getting into like ice cold water like, "Oh my god. Oh god." He's just going <sighs> Well, and the thing is, is like he, with his fucking Jeffrey Dahmer eyes, like he's or the like just. Well, the thing is, though, is that he like, you know what it's like getting into cold water. It's that first time you get in the swimming pool in the spring when it's not quite cold or warm enough to get in yet. And it's like the pool water is like 60 degrees or something. You like stick a toe in and you're like, oh, God, that's cold. And you kind of ease in a little bit at a time. Yeah. No, he gets in. And has absolutely no reaction. There's like three seconds of pause. Until he gets in totally and gets set. And then he goes, now I'm going to have a reaction. He goes, it's really intense. <laughs> like, like, yeah. You Whatever. Tell, if you tell us enough. He says in his confessional, it feels especially weird right now because I've never been an outsider with my group of friends. I feel like Andy Dufresne when he first gets to Shawshank. I'm sick oh, of... Oh, so now you're Jewish. <laughs> Now you're a Jewish person going through the Holocaust. Great. How many more hate crimes can you, a cis straight white man, think that you're going through? Crazy. And I'm sick of this, like, it's really, it, it's, it's like, it's like a Mad Lib with Sandoval at this point. It's like, it's really hard for me. Mo- uh, action movie reference. <laughs> like, it, he does it every time. And it's like, shut up. Talk like a human fucking being. I, I'm so fucking sick of this man. Yeah, and he submerges his head into the water at one point, and Billy's face is like, wow, he's so cool. Well, and she's also, like, leaning into the frame, so it's, like, uncomfortably close to him. Yeah. It's like, stop. And then he has the gall in his confessional to say, it's always the people that are closest to you that seem to hurt you the most. That's the point, Yolanda! <laughs> and he's talking about himself. Yeah, he's the one hurt in what he's saying. But but you don't get it with them. You don't get it with them. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Fucking great. Uh. Like literally the only person who was not directly hit by your bullshit last season were Brock and Allie. Yeah. Everyone else in this group was directly hurt by you. Right. Like, fuck off. (laughs) Um, Back at the pool party, Lala talks to Allie, and she goes, so when she's like this, make me want to get, like, a BBL. And Allie goes, oh, my God, same. Don't get a BBL. Like, especially Allie. Allie doesn't need that. (laughs) No, Allie's body is pretty great. Yeah. Um, Lala then starts to ask about how, yo, James' sober journey is going. And she's like, it's going well. And then cut to then James being like, Schwartz, look. And he's got these, like, they look like, um, like, um, what are the seltzer drinks or whatever called oh yeah like a a white claw like a white claw but he's a it's like weed yeah it's it's, a weed but it's just weed right it's not like a mix no no it's not alcohol okay because that was confusing lala goes do you guys ever have conversations about like why he got sober and ali's like yeah like i'm not gonna share it personally which i think like good for her she's like i'm on the camera i'm not gonna do that lala goes 
Do you think if I were to ask him about the moment, like he would open up about it, like talking about, and then Lala talks about like the concept of like a rock bottom moment and like how that's like a big transformational thing. And Ali is like, look, I think you should, I think you should ask him about it. So this is where I was like, where I was saying before, like, is this going to reach a point where maybe we brush up on the like, and James is like, I had really intense anger problems and I treated people terribly and I, um, you, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. a, it's a tricky thing because, again, it's not really his story to tell. It's, it's anyone he might have victimized in terms of that. Like, it's on, it's on Kristen. It's on possibly Rachel, all that stuff. But I, I, here's my thing. I think that if he is definitely – if he is being sober, if he is trying to – if he's getting into therapy, if he's trying to, like, actually be a better person, I think that a person who has exhibited – violent tendencies like that has an ability to redeem themselves and ability to um recover as if any as if any alcohol addict any like anything like that i think it requires honesty about it don't get me wrong like i think they need to be completely honest about what they did um but i th- like i i that that's where i'm like i wish the best for james because i yeah. want him to be his healthiest self but it's also would be strange with rachel not being here with with Kristen not being here it would be weird for him to be the one to bring it up they should have a sit down with him for him to say that to their face yeah to address that without them would be strange right um i did look up the the drink though it's uh by pabst which is the Pabst Blue Ribbon PBR oh, beer. Okay. Um, they do, it's called High Seltzer is what it's called. But they have like six different flavors. Um, but they're just little seltzers that are non-alcoholic, hey, cannabis-infused. Uh, sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. These are cute. Um, we gave you a free promo. <laughs> um, Lala is talking to Schwartz by the pool at this point. Lala goes, this is this whole scene frustrates the fuck out of me. And... I here's my thing. You gave short Lala, you gave Schwartz everything he wanted and yeah. Schwartz is now not going to learn from this. Like, like my problem is that like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It made Schwartz uncomfortable and it hurt him a little bit, but you need to hurt him a little bit because he has created this pattern with himself where if he just does the puppy dog stuff and people feel sorry for him enough, he doesn't have to apologize for anything. He doesn't have to grow. And then he's welcome back in and then the cycle repeats. And so you need some moment where he feels uncomfortable. And if you're just going to relent to him, then. Well, and the issue is that Lala has been the one to call out that shit in the past. Right. And so by him going after her first, he knows there's no one that's going to be there to say, hey, we need to hold him accountable, too. Yeah. She's like, I know I came in pretty heavy last night. And Schwartz goes, it's okay. Lala goes, I'm still learning to not get triggered by my own experience. He goes, that's beautiful. I love this. I'm sure you fucking do. You could just see on his face, like, to me, I'm sorry. You could see on his face, like, I'm in. I'm in. I can fucking, like, you know. And it's like. Whatever about where their friendship maybe is, like, Lala, you're friends with Katie, too, and you know what he's done to Katie, and you know, like, how, like, it's not just simply about, like, the Sandoval stuff. Uh, He goes, I appreciate you acknowledging that, and I know we all have problems, but there was a moment last night, Ariana looked at me like I was subhuman. She has been, like, exalted to this kind of, like, queen status, and Lala goes, like, put on a pedestal. I'm like, Lala, stop! 
Stop. Like, also, this conversation wasn't even about Ariana. Why is she in it? It's it's because it, he just wanted to again. This felt like a redux of the bagel truck scene. Yeah. Whether Lala is willing in it or not, it's like, let me take this time to tell you and the audience why Ariana is a bitch and like yeah. how I'm the how I am the victim. Yeah. Gross. It's fucking gross. And Lala, you I'm sorry, you Ariana's been good to you at this point. I'm yeah. Like you literally vocalized to her the first episode, like, hey, I feel like, you know, sometimes I don't know whether I'm like good with you or not. And she's like, I'm good with you. I really care about you. I wanna, you know, have a friendship with you. I really like you. And like said that like I I'm sorry for not trusting your judgment, all this stuff. And then you go and do this and like sell her the fuck out. Yeah. When you when you know there's not evidence to that, and then go on the after show and be like, you know, for her to tell us like you know to not be around somebody when you're staying at his fucking house. Disgusting. I, I'm sorry, Lala. The, like I think people were right about the fact that there's something underneath where it's like either you're jealous of the sponsorships and the or of the like opportunities that Ariana's gotten, or in, in the best scenario, you're je- you're upset that sh- she got treated better than you got treated, which. It's fair. You should have been treated better. But then you need to say that. But it has nothing to do with Ariana. Ariana didn't go out and search out these fucking... And if you said that to Ariana and vocalized, like, hey, I felt like you kind of treated me poorly in a similar situation. Like, I guarantee you, Ariana would apologize to you. Also, a lot of the, the shit that Ariana has gotten from this has been about the way that Bravo handled it. Right. Because they didn't handle the scandal with Randall. They didn't handle the scandal with Randall. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, with the same media attention. Yeah. They weren't booking you to go on every show. No, I do I do think that Lala also went on The View. But only after. To talk the, about it. But only about. No, but, well, but, after, but it was during the Ariana stuff. Like it was oh, at yeah. the time of Scandal. So it's like, it's, it's like. Again, it's just like you need to work on that. And it's like the solution to that is to not abandon your principles and then sell Ariana out to these fucking shitty ass fucking men who are going to yeah. exploit it. Yeah. He goes like, or because I was like, like put on a pedestal and Schwartz goes, or like diva energy. It's, like, it's very much like, no, the diva energy is the story we're going with. Like, but like, what, what diva energy? I, I, yes. I feel like you're about to say that. Yep. She hadn't even gotten Dancing with the Stars yet, yep. right? She hadn't been booked on Broadway. She got a couple fucking sponsorships. She hadn't got her Lifetime movie yet. Yeah. Like, what diva energy? Because all he, she did was say, "Hey guys, I really don't want to be friends with people that are in his circle." And it's like, "Fuck you, you asshole!" Like, what the fuck? Like. He goes, I do love Ariana, but I'm not going to fawn for her affection and validation. She doesn't want you to. She wants nothing to fucking do with you, actually. Yeah. Leave her the fuck alone. She'll be perfectly fine with it. You'll be perfectly fine with it. Move the fuck on. Lala goes, actually, I thought you handled yourself well last night. I mean, of course I was triggered when you talked about her ego because I was like, well, you're talking about my ego. Lala, you disappointed me so much this yeah. episode. I'm sorry. Yeah. Lala goes, I used to think it was like my superpower that I could call anybody out on their shit. And it's just not healthy. It's not healthy when it's mispointed. It's health. It's fully healthy when you are correct. Yeah. 
like this that that message i just hate that that message is being put out to people that yeah. if you see a narcissist that if you see a fucking terrible per- person that treats people terribly you calling it out is like your like is not healthy to you that's so fucking terrible to tell people yeah Lala goes, I didn't mean for it to come off as that, that you should abandon Tom. I think what it is is I constantly watch you please everyone around you. And that's how my dad was. And Schwartz goes, you're going to make me cry. He, so stupid. He's not even listening, like, in terms of that. Lala goes, everything that you're going through with your brother, your dad, I'm sorry I didn't give you grace last year with what you were going through, which, again, is way too nice for him. And then Schwartz goes, I'm sorry in which the manner I retaliated. Which even then your apology is like, this was your fault. Yeah. Which it's also a miss is, is a complete rewriting. He didn't, it wasn't you retaliating dude. Yeah. It, uh, I, and part of me thinks it's probably just the puppy dog bullshit. But I really want to believe that Schwartz is a better person than he constantly shows us he is. Yeah. But he constantly shows us he's an awful person. And, like, I think Schwartz has more ability to grow. Right. Than, like, Sandoval does. But I don't think he wants to. So I don't think it'll ever happen. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's frustrating. Um, Sandoval and Billy Lee are sitting down after their cryo thing or whatever. Sandoval goes, I feel great. And Billy Lee goes, you deserve it. And Sandoval goes, that's not really something I've said to myself in a while. Uh, I'm so over it. Like no one, no one who is this depressed talks like this. I'm sorry. They don't like call me a fucking asshole. I don't care. Depressed people don't fucking talk like this. They really don't. Well, they're not on TV. There's that. But still Billy Lee goes, are you thinking about dating? Which I felt like was like the underhanded, like, cause I'm right here. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's what it felt like. And he goes, I'm not doing that. I do miss Raquel though. Sandoval then says his confessional. The last time I talked to Raquel, I didn't think it was going to be the last time I spoke to her. And then we see a flashback of him doing a voicemail to her. I'm assuming he goes in that conversation. She did tell me she was extending again. Like the way he says again, uh, in this facility, I told her I loved her and that we would like talk later. Was that it, Tom? Was that all you said? Is that all you said in that conversation? Didn't say anything about dropping out of the program and coming back to L.A. despite the fact that she didn't trust herself to not be in a program that was keeping her safe. Maybe no, none of that. Yeah. Maybe she just misremembered it. I don't know. Sandoval goes to Billy Lee. What we had was love. That's why I was so addicted to it. It's not like we were just hanging out, having sex. The hanging out was the best part. I'm tired of you talking about your love for this person. I like I, as as it is as gross as when you were doing it to Ariana's fucking face after the affair. Stop. No one gives a shit. You're also fucking forty years old. You're not in fucking middle school with a fucking crush. Grow the fuck up. Yeah. And then he says in his confessional. Also, if hanging out was the best part, you wouldn't have been fucking her all over Ariana's Yeah, then house. you could have just hung out. Sandoval goes, pretty much I'm like saving myself for Raquel. Gross. Gross. Ew. 
Billy Lee says also liar. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We know he's fucking elsewhere. Like clearly, Billy Lee goes. I feel like the world is hating on you so much, and I'm just like tired of it. And they talk about like all the the dark thoughts and stuff like that again. Sandoval goes. I lost my friends, and I felt like maybe the best way to show that I'm sorry is for me to like go away. And you literally were like. Or you could say you're sorry. Which they literally have been telling you. You literally have not said you're sorry without justifying everything that you did. That he doesn't. He's like, I gave a genuine great apology, but like they think it's crocodile tears because like they're bad people. It's like, no, maybe you gave a bad apology, dude. But then also, if you think that they're bad people, then why do you want to be their friends again? Yeah. Why not just say, you know what? This is a good situation. I didn't need to be around these people anymore anyway. They're clearly toxic to my life. Let me just walk away. Right. Yeah. James, uh, we did cut to the sentimental moment, and then we cut back to James with the corn being like, I'm like, Butter Bay, baby, Butter Bay. And he's doing like the salt bay. Wild. (laughs) Stupid. Um, Sheena and Ariana and Katie are in the pool together, and they're talking. Sheena brings up that she talked to Lisa. She goes, she was very emotional because she said that she's seen a lot of similarities with her brother right before he passed away. And she's very concerned and asked us to just like ease up. And Ariana goes, Tom and her brother are very different people. I'm sorry. Like he still will not take responsibility for what he did. So like ease up. I'm not going to be like, hey, everybody, it's me, Ariana, on my Instagram story. If you could just like be nice to my ex-boyfriend who literally did all these things, that's not happening. Because that's really what he wants. Right. He wants a public apology for having made this public in the first place. Right. That's not fucking happening, dude. That's not happening. And Sheena is saying on the after show of this of like, you know, Ariana was just like not taking into account my feelings because like I lost someone to suicide in the past. And like she just was only focused on herself. Like this is the this whole thing is to like make Ariana out to be like the villain. And I loved Ariana in the after show being like, have your emotions. Do like they're they're so they're trying to their best to make it like if I even look in Sandoval's direction, she's gonna cut me off. She's gonna say I'm a terrible friend. And Ariana's like, no, it's fine. She's like, she says in the after show, do what you want, but like, don't bring me into it. Yeah. And Katie was like, yeah, the thing with the, that conversation at the pool is like, it's like she wanted your validation and your approval. And it's like, no, you're not going to get that. Well, because it's not even like the issue with Tom Schwartz is that Tom is going to not stop advocating for Sandoval Yeah. in that space. He's not just going to leave it alone. Whereas I think Ariana's like, I don't give a shit if the rest of y'all are friends with him. I just don't want to be around him. Right. She says, Ariana says they're professional. I can understand that maybe he has had some thoughts and some feelings, but those thoughts and those feelings are based on a situation that he created in which he didn't give a fuck about anybody else's mental health. I know I'm a bitch saying this, but this just feels like annoying. Yeah. And I get that it's fucking harsh that she said that. And I, I love that she said that knowing how that was going to play on television and knowing like they're going to play this and everyone's going to say I'm a fucking bitch. 
but it's accurate. Like I, and again, he didn't care about Ariana's mental health when he lied about it or when he fucking cheated on Rachel and then used the mental health as an remind reminder. He used Ariana's mental health as an excuse for why he didn't break up with her. Right. And tell her about the Rachel stuff. Yeah. And that was supposed to make Ariana the bad guy and him the good guy. Like, he, like I, I think I said it last week. He didn't care about Rachel's mental health of having to deal with all of this in the middle of this friend group and be friends with Ariana and all of that. He didn't care about Schwartz's mental health of being put in this awkward situation to hide all of their bullshit. He didn't care about Katie's mental health. You know, how all of this distraction between Schwartz and Raquel was going to hit Katie. You know, like all of these different people that he didn't give a flying fuck about. But now all of them are supposed to care about his mental health? Yeah. Fuck him. Sheena goes, he was such an amazing friend to me. And and Ariana goes, it wasn't genuine. As soon as he's getting invited to parties again, he'll be like, great, that's what I wanted. This is a scary fucking person that I don't trust any word that comes out of his mouth because it's constantly changing and it all feels like manipulation. I do wish that she was a little less hard here. I think everything that she said was correct. I wish that she had said it with a different tone, maybe. And I don't want to like tone police her. That's not like that's not like my intention. Yeah. Um, but it's just like I think if she had maybe with Sheena been like, Look, I get that, but this is somebody who manipulates like we breathe air. Right. And she's also saying, like, he also manipulated you. And you know that, like him, him being like, you're not my fucking friend, the rant from, yeah. the, from the night of Ariana says in the after show, it's like, you vocalized to me, Sheena, that like, this is somebody that, that was so terrible to you and triggering to you and stuff like that. So I'm also looking out for you. That's, I'm not saying it from like my selfish point of view of like, how dare you be with my fucking ex? Right. It's like, I'm also worried about you as a friend. Yeah. I'm looking out for him manipulating you again. Yeah. And I, and I, but, and that's what fucking makes me so angry about this whole thing, which is that like Ariana is looking out for Lala and Sheena and, you know, try and keeping their thought processes in front of mind. And Lala and Sheena aren't, I'm sorry. The way they were acting on that after show, I thought was yeah. fucking crazy. And it's just a re- it's a repeat now. Now I would argue you're re-triggering Ariana because she did the she had to deal with this with Sandoval, where she had to she's Ariana said it. It's been fucking terrible realizing it was all fucking fake. Yeah, everything was fake. Yeah. Well, I and will, so now, how I, is she going to feel about you guys? I will say it's frustrating coming from Lala specifically, like Sheena. Whatever she flips back and forth on every issue. Yeah. But, like, Lala, it's frustrating until you remember the fact that she has said several times that at the end of the day, she's going to do what's best for the show. Right. And I think that's what she's doing here. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. Um, we see James visiting Lala um, at her house. Uh, they start to talk, and Lala's like, 
Like, what made you want to get sober? You don't have to tell me. And she, he goes, there's not really much to tell, Lala. I mean, obviously, when Tom and Raquel stuff happened, like, emotions were flowing. And he goes, Ali and I were fighting a lot. And then she went and stayed at her friend's house. I came home, and, like, the cats were gone. And so, like, apparently some, like, big fight happened. And, like, for, like, two days, like, she was at a friend's house or et cetera. And he kind of woke up in that moment and basically told her, like, I will quit drinking. That It wasn't – it's different in the Rachel stuff in where it wasn't, like, an ultimatum. Ali presented to him it was like I'm going to do this because I have realized this is the issue right so and he says I was willing to get her back and said that I'm not going to drink anymore and that this is basically the deal and tells Law and Law's like is this like a forever thing or is this like a she he's like no it's a forever thing and James says I don't want to be an alcoholic you know 40 year old that loses everything you know which is such a <laughs> yeah, jab at Sandoval um but like like I said before, I hope that, like, James can come to terms and be honest with, like, the full scale of, like, the, all the negative things that he did in his relationships yeah. and past stuff. Because I think that's healing at the end of the day, as hard as that might be to do. Because, you know, I it's hard to admit to that stuff. Yeah. I think he needs to have a private sit-down with Kristen. Yeah. And a private sit-down with Rachel. And then after that, he needs to, without any prompting yeah. from anyone else, he needs to make a public statement. And if the parties are willing to be open, like if the parties are willing to talk about it right, bravo, you need to showcase it. Yeah. Because this whole like acting as though like nothing's happening is not a good look. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, we then go to Schwartz's apartment and Joe... Is cutting Schwartz's hair. It was our first sight of Joe this season. Like, and Schwartz makes a joke. Like, the entire group thinks that like, like you are like my secret roommate, like slash girlfriend. And she goes, "Ha!" And then he goes on to explain it in the confessional, in which he goes, "Yeah, she was my secret roommate and girlfriend." <laughs> he goes, "I well, he goes, I just want to clear things up. Joe was never living with me. <laughs> was she staying with me sporadically? Yes." She's not my girlfriend. She never was. We had like a whirlwind romance. We're like buds now. That didn't clear up literally anything. Because you contradicted yourself in that entire paragraph. So what I get is that she didn't sign a lease, but she stayed there a lot. Right. And y'all didn't make any commitments, but you were fucking. Yeah. So it's basically live-in girlfriend. But technically not. But what does he mean by, like, everyone thinks that whatever? It's like, you said at the reunion you were friends with benefits. Yeah. How, how are people not supposed to, like, take from that? Yeah. Sandoval then arrives. He's like, is this your pubes? Sweet. Fucking, like, again, grow I up. up. this man. Grow up. And, and, and fucking, of course, Joe thinks it's hilarious. I agree with Katie. Joe is creepy. I'm sorry. She just has that vibe. Yeah. Schwartz is uh, invited invites him to Tahoe and tells him about the plan for the trip. He goes, "I feel like it would be a good like neutral ground. You can you know have some one on ones with people. Maybe you leave your ego here. You can just be like, dude, I'm sorry that I hurt you. Like trying to be like this is the plan. This is like like we can get back in Sandoval. We can do it. Like you can just you know it's going to be better. We're going to fix it. You know you can just be like, dude, I'm sorry that I hurt you. Sandoval then goes, La la." I'm sorry I gave you, like, like so much fucking content for your podcast. 
Like, I'm sorry, too, about, like, all that merch you sold. And the, you know what pisses me off the most about it? Schwartz and Joe are laughing, think it's so fucking funny. You, what is funny about that, Schwartz, on any level? Not just from the merit of, like, what Sandoval is saying, of just, like, I'm so sorry I, you know, gave you content. Like, as if that's not his ego being out off the wazoo. Also... Why is it funny also in the sense that, like, you gave him advice, and again, he's just ignored you? Right, but also... You did not give Lala any merch. Yeah. Her merch was on Send It to Daryl. Which wasn't even related to you. It was about Rachel. Yeah. Fucking moron. <laughs> it's so stupid. He goes, for them to not understand, because now he's just on his like rant spree. He goes, for them to not understand what they did was so fucked up. Lala and Sheena... Showed the entire nation how to treat us. They followed their lead. That is not true. Just because we agreed with them does not mean that we followed their lead. Like we, I personally um, heard the news and said, oh, wow, fuck Sandoval. Yeah. Like, I hadn't heard from Lala or, or Sheena or anybody I really just saw the news and said, oh, yeah, that guy's a piece of shit. Not to mention that people were already getting done with you the season prior. Yeah. Because of how you were telling Katie, like, I brought money in your household and all that fucking shit. And like, also the season prior to that, when you were such a fucking dick to um, uh, Stasi trying to do her book release party at TomTom. Tom. Right. Like, like, you are constantly a piece of shit you have constantly showcased that showcased that on this show but it can't be that anyone thinks sandoval is an asshole right it has to be because lala told them to say he's an asshole right crazy cuckoo fucking banana pants George goes, Tom, this energy is not going to serve you well. You got to put the guard down a little bit. I'm not saying you need people to walk all over you and abuse you. And, and Schwartz, it basically Schwartz being like, that's my job. Like, fucking, because I'm getting walked all over for this fucking conversation. Yeah. Schwartz is like, something like cosmically changed with Lala. Like, she's fully self-aware. And Joe goes, oh, that's great. Finally. Shut up. Who the fuck are you? Have you talked to Lala once? Like, literally, who are you? Like, go home. You don't know shit, Joe. Anyways, it's so stupid. Um, we then, so Sheena and Brock are with uh, Summer Moon and Tori because they're getting ready to go out on a double date with James and Allie, and they're leaving uh, Summer Moon uh, to be ba babysat. Um, Brock and Tori are playing, like, doctor with Summer Moon before they go, and Tori going, do you do Ozempic shots? And Brock's like, don't joke about that. <laughs> Not, <laughs> maybe don't say that in front of my daughter. Full Sasha Valor, don't joke about that. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. Um, but uh, um, Sheena, this is, like, a big moment, obviously, for Sheena, as she talked about in the past, but Sheena also brought her sister Courtney to the house because she's just like, you know, trust issues, you know, just be sure. You know, maybe two people would be better. Um, yeah, whatever works. Um, Sheena and Brock go out with James and Allie and they're talking about like the conversation with Lisa and how, you know, Lisa told them about Sandoval's thoughts and stuff like that. Sheena goes, I just don't want him to do something and for it to be too late. Brock then goes, I mean, it's not fair for it to be put on you because it puts you against the wall. And Allie goes, we're humans. We're going to feel bad for him. And that's why I'm nervous about going to Tahoe because I'll fall for that. I was shocked that Brock was like, yeah, I don't like what Lisa did there. Yeah, because weren't the early reports that Brock was the first person to soften to him? Yeah. In Tahoe? Yeah, the, and Brock typically is 
almost never correct on issues too. Yeah. So it's like, wow. Um, good on you, I guess, for at least the short period. Um, but Schwartz uh, confirms to Sheena te- and texts Sheena that Sandoval is coming. So they're like all preparing for that. James is just like, I mean, he, you know, he's Schwartz's friend. So I, if something happens, happens, but like whatever. And Brock says, look, there was right and there was wrong. We're not picking sides. What you did was wrong and he needs to acknowledge that. None of us are choosing Team Ariana, which is so accurate. Like, what spirit of, like, logic, like, decided to possess Brock in this moment? Suddenly he's going to start, like, paying his child support back from that one. I guess. Yeah. Um, But, like, yeah, it's like, dude, we're not team Ariana. We're team what is right. Like. Yeah. That's, like, what are you talking about? Crazy. So we then see James stopping by Vanderpump Dogs because Lisa had like FaceTime and being like, can you stop by for a little bit and, and just have a chat for like 10 minutes? Rumor and, is that this is fake and done after the Tahoe show. Okay, we'll, we'll get to it because James walks in and, and, and Lisa's, Lisa's like, so I got something for you. And fucking Graham comes down the stairs. It's a very, as much as it might be staged, it's a very sweet moment. I cried at James crying over seeing Graham again. Yeah, it was because they had a real, like, special connection, you could tell, in previous seasons. Yeah. And I was really, really worried that Graham was going to be going off with Raquel after last season. And Lisa tells him about how she got a call that he was in a shelter and um, because of biting stuff and stuff like that. Here's my also thing with Rachel, like, as, and I'm I'm more team Rachel than not nowadays. But like, her talking about like the Graham stuff and being like, well, he bit, et cetera, et cetera, and like, you know, you know, we tried to rehome him and then whatever, and then we, but then we had to take him to a shelter. I didn't take him to a kill shelter like Lisa's like portraying. It's like, okay, but like, when you take a dog like that to a shelter who has had multiple biting issues, their their only option is to euthanize him. Yeah. So it is a kill shelter. Yeah. Like what like I I think like even even if you believe cuz Rachel's also said that James was very aggressive with Graham and like that's why he's acted out and bit and did all that stuff. That might be true but the, to me the default if you can't take care of Graham is for to give it to James. I feel. But also like biting with dogs is almost always an emotional trauma issue. Right. Usually from a home that is very, very unsafe. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I get why maybe Graham had some biting issues. Sure. I mean. Like, I don't, I, I think there's something there, but I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to tell. Like, but, but to your point, like some people were thinking that this actual scene at Vanderpump Dogs was like done after the fact because there were the original reports was that Lisa brought Graham to Lake Tahoe, right? And now it's like they did it beforehand. We know Graham is in Lake Tahoe because James took photos and stuff like that, um, and that's how like the news got out. Rachel is says that she kind of felt like the Graham stuff was to like bait her to come back onto the show like showing the photos of like them in, in Tahoe and like all that stuff. It's possible, but I also don't know if that is just Rachel reading into things. I think it's probably her reading into things. Um I don't I don't know. I don't see 
if she wouldn't have come back onto the show for any other reason, I don't see why she would then come back for the dog that's, that's, that she put into a shelter. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, but it, again, whatever about it, like it's, I thought it was a real sentimental moment and really sweet and, and still very nice. You got me, show. You got me. It was a, at least a nice end to this fucking... I hated this episode. I'm sorry. Just from yeah. a moral standpoint, I hated the fucking episode. Um, yeah, not, not my favorite. Um, let's move on to Beverly Hills, the finale of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Uh, with, I mean, really just mainly two scenes in this episode. Well, kind of. There's some other stuff. But, like, the, I got, it tucked on my heartstrings at the end, I got to say. As much as I've been, like, you know, been like, oh, whatever, Kyle. Oh, Kyle's, like, do, you know, playing up stuff. Oh, you know, whatever. It was emotional, I thought, towards the end of it. Here's the thing. I don't give a shit about Kyle's acting here. I was got by her kids. Yeah. It had nothing to do with Kyle and Mauricio. Sure. But, I mean, like, I don't know, like, in front of her kids, I don't think she's, like, a purely heartless person to where she was, no. like, you know what I mean? Like, makeup, like, certain... I think there's real emotions here with this Mauricio stuff. We've said that in the past, but it's, like, yeah, it's 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 kind of... and But the topic of, like, what she did and didn't share on the show versus, like, what apparently Mauricio is going to be sharing on Buying Beverly Hills. Which was... Apparently the next day, like when the in Aspen, Kyle says on the after show when the article broke out, they had to film like the next day for his Netflix show, and so that's gonna be very raw. I feel, yeah, yeah. Guess uh, we'll have to watch it. I uh, guess maybe. I don't know. <laughs> at, at least clips. Well, yeah, we'll watch clips. Um, we start the episode and Kyle and Erica are arriving at SoFi Stadium because Kyle is doing her annual white party, which is, I mean, yeah, getting into SoFi Stadium is fucking big. I love that Erica, because she also asked Erica to perform at the white party. Uh, I love Erica being like, I mean, it went from Broadway to SoFi Stadium. It's not, it's not really what's happening. Like, you're, it's a party inside the field, but, like, you're not filling out the stadium. I mean, I guess if that's the parameter that I've performed at Dallas, at the Dallas Cowboys uh, stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that works. But, like, yeah, it's, like, phew. On the field. <laughs> oh, you're talking about for your American Idol audition? Uh-huh. Yeah, I auditioned yeah. for American Idol one year, and it was at, it was the, literally the first event that was ever held there before it was even open. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, I guess I've performed there. It's the same, same, well, not the same setup, right? There wasn't a sound system and whatnot. I was singing literally in front of a judge. <laughs> but, like, yeah. So, fuck off. Yeah. Kyle says in a confessional, the white party is nostalgic for us because this has always been about our family, which made it very odd what happens later at the actual party where I was like, you're contradicting yourself with some of your actions. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. Um, or maybe you're not. <laughs> um, but then, okay, so then they meet with, like, the the people at the stadium and, like, the uh, party organizers, including Kevin Lee. She, 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 she. Like, like that. this was a... Look, if you need to put on a fucking fabulous party, you call Kevin Lee. But Kyle knew what she was doing getting Kevin yeah. Lee. Well, talk, I mean, we mentioned with, like, the Lisa Vanderbilt stuff, like... Yeah. This is all a bit of a dig. Kyle tells him, like, like, can we add, like, White Party, like, 2023? And Kevin's like, of course. Kyle, 2023. And she goes, oh, my God. Um, like, she, like, he wants to put, like, Kyle on, like, the front face of everything. And it's like, 
it's I, this is where I, I get an I actually used to always get annoyed by Kevin Lee because he would just like not listen. Just be like, no, this, and it like it's like it turned out well, yes, but it's like also listen to your clients. Yeah, well, part of me also makes me think, okay. Did she pull him aside beforehand and go, I'm going to protest to this, Oh right, but you do it anyway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that as well. Kyle, Kyle, I don't think would be that mad in, in real life in terms of this. Do I think LVP did that, to, that too? Sure. Oh, for sure. Probably. Like, they're talking about, like, the cheerleaders entrance at one point, and Kevin goes, they're going to be here just for you. Like, when you're walking out, they're going to cheer you. And Kyle goes... No wonder you do Lisa Vanderpump's parties. And then she goes, oh, no, it would never let me do that for me. Please. No, please. I want to be humble. Stop. Stop. Okay, where do I start? Like, she does, like. How many digs to Lisa Vanderpump are in this episode? Uh, uh, like five, right? Like a good bit. And it's like, you were theorizing, like, because we there's all this discussion, like, while, whether Kyle's coming back on the show, right? Like, because it seems... Not. Like she seems to be hinting all season, you know, I don't know what my life's going to look like in the future. And sure, you could say that that's her wistfully thinking about, you know, what's going to happen once her and Mauricio are actually divorced. Yeah. But like part of me thinks she's talking about leaving the show and it's like, okay, so, so you decided to spend your entire last episode getting as many public digs into LVP as you could. Last because chance you I can get. Exactly. You don't get any more chance after this. This is it. Yeah. Um, we then go to Sutton uh, with her daughter, Porter, as they're going jewelry shopping. Um, and Sutton's wanting to sort of, like, use this as a moment to, like, show Porter how evolving, you know, like, her uh, her life is. She's like, in my previous life, asking permission was not fun. Christian bought all of my jewelry. This is like freedom. I can do what I want and there's no guilt behind it. And it was, it was one of those things where it's like, because I love Sutton, I love the message behind it. And I'm like, Oh, that's really sweet. And I love this scene. But then I'm like, I'm going to prove that you can do anything you want in life by buying jewelry, by buying you $46,000 earrings that look like something you could get from Claire's. Yeah. And not only that, at one point he, she gets offered a $9 million ring, which is, which is 8 million too many, which is, Eight, eight million nine hundred and like everything but like ten bucks. She goes, Brett, my business manager would kill me if I got these. But Porter chooses out like these nice earrings for her that are like like you said, forty six thousand. They're pretty earrings. Um and well, so no, yeah. You're those the earrings that I'm talking about are the ones that she bought for Porter. Oh, there's right. also the earrings that she ends up wearing to the white party that are like sixty eight thousand. Oh, that's right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right about that. It's like holy shit, woman! You dropped twelve or a hundred and twenty thousand dollars here. Yeah, and and can Is do that it. math? No, that's <laughs> not math. I math strong. It's like a hundred thousand. 110? Yeah, 110. Something like that. Something like that. Math is fun. Um, Sutton says to confessional, I think all of my children kind of saw me sink, and I really want all of them, especially Porter, see me thriving, and not see me being a cliche of a wealthy woman sitting around planning galas in a moo-moo with bonbons. Porter, we don't do that. We go to work. <laughs> and it's like, but also, I love that life, too. Like, like I will take that life. But also, you earn that life, too. I, yeah. I think that's also the thing. It's like, you earn the right to sort of, like, being bomb if you if if it doesn't fulfill you 
I agree. Right. Don't do that. But but if you get your life by hanging out in moo's and watching TV and eating bonbons, bitch, do it. Yeah. Sutton's tearing up to Porter talking about this. And Porter tells her, like, I'm really happy that you're happy. And she goes, keep your independence. Fall in love. Have babies. Never lose that person. And don't let that hard worker in you go. And Porter goes, I won't. And Sutton goes, then you can buy me jewels. And Porter goes, I'd love to. And Sutton goes, yeah, you better. <laughs> Wild. I, I, like, oh, man. I, again, I think Sutton's had a great fucking season. And oh, like, yeah. It's I, so great to see, like, these elements of her life that are, like, you know, not always in front of us. Yeah. It, again, it's just, I think Sutton's really displaying what she could be mm-hmm. in the future if Kyle does end up not coming back. Yeah, I agree. Um, speaking of Kyle, she arrives at the party at SoFi. It was a $400,000 budget party, and the, even just the setup was 50000 They have real palm trees that they painted white. Like, it's, like, crazy. But her part, I mean, the white party I, is, like, a she does go all out. And yeah. sort of, like, you know. You know. I... When your entire party is white. Uh-huh. Oh, you were saying this, yeah. I think wearing white looks silly. I would much rather wear like a jewel to everybody wear jewel tones. Right. But everything at the party is white. Yeah, some contrast or something like that. Give me some contrast. Or if you want everyone to wear white, make everything at the party black. Yeah. Didn't I mean Denise at least try with that pink jacket, like no. The fact that it was a pink jacket as well. Look, pink is the whites of the reds. <laughs> That's the funniest thing you've said for some reason. <laughs> I, you know, pink is the whites of the It's like, put that on a fucking, like, <laughs> mural or something. Um, but also, the, didn't they wear jeans? Didn't her and Aaron both wear jeans? I think so, actually. Like, But, like, it, Dorit being like, I hate, I can't, you know, be the one to tell her. It's the white party. It's like, okay, but I actually like it. I like I agree. I like a little pop of color here and there. I get that it's not the theme, but whatever. Kyle's freaking out about the floor that just says Kyle on it. And she's like, can we get rid of that? And she's like, he's like, no, it's impossible. And then Kyle says, her confessional, why is Kevin not getting this party is all, is all about me? Oh, I know why. He used, he's used to throwing parties for other people that do think the party is all about I them. I think that's dig number three. Yeah. <laughs> and just like the biggest like smile on her face when she does it. It's crazy. Um, Dorit, we see FaceTiming PK at the house. PK is on day 25 in London on this work trip, work in the most massive quotation marks I've ever seen. Cause again, what is his job? But like, and apparently he's extended it multiple times by the end of the episode, when they do the title cards, he was in London for 39 days. Why? For what? What are you doing there? I just, I don't, I don't understand. Dorit's pissed. She says in her confessional, he knew that this white party was on the calendar. He knew how much it meant to me that he was with me. And Dorit tells him, eight months ago, you extended this trip would have, you know, extending this trip would have created a bit of resentment with me. And PK goes, I wouldn't have done this eight months ago. I love how she says, it would have created a little resentment, as in you're not resentful now. Well, she's because I think you're a little resentful now. Well, she's also lying to PK in the conversation, being like, "Well, now that we've grown, and now that you understand my PTSD," and then Doreen the confessional goes, 
PK can say that he's starting to understand my PTSD better, but his actions don't show it. But also your words aren't matching. Yeah. You know what I mean? What is with people not communicating? You know what I mean? In this town, no one communicates. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Ding. So Dorit goes, I do miss you all the time. I mean, sometimes. Sometimes you're incredibly annoying. And PK goes, sometimes I don't get a chance to tell you about the sometimes because I can't get a word in. I hate this man. <laughs> He's terrible. He's awful. He's the worst. Um, okay, so this is where it gets odd at the white party. Mauricio then arrives by himself and just like goes to the bar, be like, wow, this white party. He goes, and then at one point goes, I think my wife's hosting this thing. Like, where's Kyle? And there, Kyle's with the girls getting like makeup and hair and all that stuff done and all that stuff in one of the sky boxes. But it's, they don't like, it's not like, hey, bring Mauricio up here. Hey, honey, you can come up and, and you know, this is where we're at. The, it was wild to me that, like, the the distance and and just, like, the, like, it, there's no love in that relationship at this point, clearly. We mentioned it before, but it's like, Jesus Christ. Like, well, there, she's also, uh, where did she say, was it when she was on, uh, with Hoda on Good Morning America? Mm-hmm. Um, where she said something about the fact that they cameras went up for the beginning of the season and they kind of just had to pretend. Right. So this whole season is pretend is pretend, which we clocked. Yeah. From day one, people have made the comparison with the Robin stuff about like, but at least with this, like you could, I mean, the cracks were so obvious, right? With the Robin stuff, they just acted like nothing happened and were like yeah. fully acting their asses off. Um, Camille's there, Cynthia Bailey's there, the morally corrupt Faye Resnick is there, Jeff Lewis is there, which I love that he's now I mean, he's gotten so much fucking drama on these Housewives shows. He really, oh, yeah. he really should just pop up all the time at this point. Yeah. Uh, that uh that show about the gays going around all the, that I floated last week. Oh, because you said well, I don't I think you did off pod. So, oh, so, so mention, I may have. So um Sutton's friend, that, Trevor. Trevor, yes, that is running around, you know, was with them in Spain. Um, we need him to have a show where it's um, like the first season can be in Paris, where he's like going to different, like big glamorous cities, right? Uh-huh. And spending like a week, do like a, a girls' trip type thing. In, like, the gay culture of that city. Yeah. Like, the first season, call it Gay Paris, because that's already a thing, right? Mm -hmm. And then the next season, you call it Gay Montreal, or Gay Toronto, or Gay, you know, Barcelona, or Gay London, whatever. And that's the... Have Jeff Lewis on there, too. I'm cool with that. Yeah. I I I think Jeff Lewis is a great shit stirrer and like he does it expertly. I feel in my yeah. view to where it works. Um, Kyle's walking out the onto the field with the girls and son goes. Kyle is on the football field and then the professional goes. Um, people, we got an entrance coming in. Where is Mauricio? We've been looking for him since that memorial service. I was like, wow, son. Um, but very <laughs> but true. She's not wrong. <laughs> very true. And again, like, why Mauricio didn't walk out with the big entrance with the family? Also, he was getting Swedish meatballs. Yeah, and was just eating. And a producer has to be like, your wife's coming out right now. And he goes like, right now? Literally, the fact that they broke the fourth wall to show that disconnect yeah. was wild to me. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Kyle says hi to people. She says hi to Jeff Lewis, and, and she, but she goes, she hugs him and goes, "Fuck you, Jeff Lewis, and your damn fucking podcast talking shit about me." And Jeff goes, "You lost more weight." <laughs> <laughs> Kyle goes, "I'm very fit, and I've never taken a diet drug. Fix it." And he goes, "I already fixed it. I already took it down." Like, <laughs> yeah, he was just like, "Yeah, she's clearly on Ozempic." <laughs> like, and she's like, and he's like, "I don't know why she's mad about it." Basically, crazy. Um. Oh my god! So the the can I also I hate this like rich people trend of they have those disco ball head dancers they're like the giant like what who is that for right but it's not even just the head these bitches had full dresses yeah 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 that were and it it was like a fever dream I was so like thrown off by those uh, wild. Um, Sutton's talking to Garcelle about like what she bought with the earrings and stuff like that. And Garcelle goes, is that going to be worth the kitchen in my beach house? Those earrings. And and Sutton's like, probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good kitchen makeover budget. Might be $68,000. Might be two kitchens actually. Um, depending on the kitchen. Yeah. Sutton says, you know, I did hear from Steve like two days after he ghosted me and I just decided, you know what? It's not good enough for me. Basically being like, like she, again, she's like, I've settled. I got my second date. I'm still going to date more, but I'm not going to immediately just like jump into a relationship. Yeah. Fine. Great. I mean, great place to be in the, from when she started. And I love Garcelle just going, there are other Steve in the fish or fish in the sea. I don't know. What the fuck? Like she was drunk. I'm sorry. She was already like. Steve in the fish is great though. Sutton tells the confessional, what I really want to date right now is my business. That's what I'm in love with, which is like, cool. Awesome. You know, um, Kyle goes up to Mauricio goes, hi, how's it going? She goes, Santiago said he asked you, how are you doing this in SoFi Stadium? And you said, I don't know, maybe in the parking lot. And Mo goes, no, like I had no idea. And like, Kyle's like really offended by this. Why? Clearly, that's a joke. Kyle says in the confessional, the white party really is a sentimental party to me, and him thinking it was going to be in the parking lot really shows Moe's not listening. He didn't really think it was going to be in the fucking parking lot. Yeah, and they show a flashback to them talking about it in the kitchen and stuff like that, and it's like, I guess it was pretty, like, I I would read that as, yeah, it's going to be in the stadium. I would have read that as... I don't know. I'm throwing something out there because I'm not involved in the planning of it. And I'm just going to say something silly. That's clearly not it. Right. That that's what that was. Yeah. He didn't think it was in the parking lot. Jesus Christ. Denise. Uh, it's like, is Erica t- t- talking to Sutton? Goes, is Erica performing? What is she performing? And Sutton goes, she's performing some of Cher's biggest hits, <laughs> which <laughs> it's such a nice joke that I love. But also apparently Denise was Garcelle said earlier uh, when they were getting, she was getting makeup done that De- Denise was like the Vegas residency came up and Garcelle was like, Oh, you can do, or Denise was like, Oh, you can do that. And Garcelle was like, do what? And she's like, lip syncing. And it's like, Oh, Denise is like, which is weird because we heard from, um, uh, Crystal's friend from Taco Night that had started oh, all of uh, that. Uh, Bill Burr's wife. Yeah. Uh-huh, yes. Oh, yeah. Say it. She was on um uh, the Golden Crappies for Watch What Crappies. Yes, that's where this was. And she was like, after that big blow up, and Denise was getting up to leave. Denise and Erica went back into the kitchen and made up and were fine. And hugged. And hugged. And then Denise left. But, but I don't know if that was just Denise being weird or, like, what? Like. I mean, I kind of 
feel like Denise understands that's the scene. Yeah. She's been an actress for so long and has been in the industry for so long. So I get like, yeah, it's reality television, but like that was the scene. Mm. Scene's over. Love you. Bye. Like. Going to be a bitch to you in about two weeks. Yeah, I guess. Maybe that's it. But like, you didn't even make that dig on camera. You what? Well, she does actually. Well, she doesn't mic. Maybe not on camera. Oh, okay. Because yeah. So uh, Erica's getting ready for the performance. She's praying with the dancers and Mikey. Erica, I I found it troubling. Erica says to them, "The only happiness I really have in my life is on stage, and you are the people that make me happy." It's like that's your only happiness. Like that shouldn't be your only happiness. I mean, really. I'm not surprised by that. I'm not surprised. I mean, I mean, I'm not surprised by it when I think about it, but I'm like, that's sad. Yeah. You can't find happiness in, and not even, I mean, whatever in a partner, but like just other parts of life that are like. Well, I think when your life is unstable, like it has been for a few years. Yeah. This is where I'm kind of like, yeah, Erica may have been involved in a lot of fucked up shit. But she is still largely a victim in all of this scenario. Yeah. And people like to just blatantly ignore that shit because it's more convenient. Mm -hmm. It's easier to just hate her and be done. Um, It's like, no, like, bitch had everything taken from her. She had her career taken from her. She had, like, she's only just getting that back. Like, her ability to perform went away. To, in, in terms of specifically music, yes. Right. I think for like to her career being taken away from her, people would argue like, well, she's a television star as well and she has that. But sure. It's not her passion. You, like, right. I get that part. Um, yeah. I, I, I agree that it should be talked about. Like it, it shouldn't be dismissed. Um, yeah. It's just, it just when it comes up in the conversation, so to speak. I Again, we haven't watched – housewife and the hustler i did hear some stuff about it with like the specifically the meeting with the victims where i don't know if erica should bring it up to them that she is also a victim no and that like know your audience yeah but like yeah like she clearly is someone who has been hurt by tom right um kyle introduces erica onto the stage and denise uh, mic'd up goes erica lip syncing come watch Thank God the camera's are way over there. I know I'm a bitch about it, but <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, it was. Fun. Um, I thought it looked good. Like, like Erica performed yeah. pretty well. It was more limber than I've seen in like. And for videos. isn't she like almost fifty or fifty? Yeah, she's up there. So like, bitch, that's impressive. She she fucking stretched her leg further than I can. Yeah, I'll give her that. Um, Kyle like cries and afterwards and tells Erica how proud she is. And they all celebrate. This is where we get like the big title cards of everything of everyone's story. We find out Dorit and, uh, Kyle haven't spoken since December, which, and that's going to be fascinating with the reunion with that trailer coming out where she tried to silence me. Like, yeah, I, Ooh, I'm fascinated in that. Um, Garcelle is, you know, talking about her. Garcelle in one part of the scene that was dancing with Cynthia Bailey. And you know, you pin, were pinpointed like, oh my God, Cynthia's wearing slides to fucking dance. But like the- they're rhinestone. So like, like work, bitch. But like still yeah. slides. Well, it's, well, I mean, you know, safe footwear. Sutton literally trips at one point. Yeah. She goes, excuse me. I didn't see the stage right there. Avi, why did you push me like that? 
<laughs> and Avi's like, I'm here, I'm fine. Um, and then they all take a group photo together, and it's all the like celebrating music, and then it just big record scratch. And then says one month later and all the, it's like silent. There's no underlying music and like Anna Marie's playing with her kids in the pool. Like, you know, Dorit's, you know, doing stuff. And Garcelle's like packing for something. And then something goes ding on her phone and she pulls out and goes, oh my God. That part was so staged. Well, clearly. Clearly the producer is like, okay, pull out your phone and I want you to. But like, duh. Like they weren't just. Like, nobody is believing that the cameras were just around. Yeah. And just happened to be there. You know, they they only really air a couple of months, but the cameras are there full time. Right. I think that's what people used to believe about reality TV, like, decades ago, by the way. Like, it was like, the cameras are just constantly existing. But I'm still fine with them giving me that set dressing, right? Yeah. Like, it was a good, I, like, I want to see them, like, at least going through the, oh, shit. Because you don't really get that reaction if you're just coming together to hear about it later. It, it's a context-giving thing. Right. Um, and then we see the breaking news that has come up on July 23rd that from People Magazine that Kyle and Mauricio have separated after 27 years. And we just see everyone's sort of reactions to it. Rob Do- going, it's in People? <laughs> <laughs> Rob Minkoff was... A shady bitch. Yeah. Um, Dorit is FaceTiming PK and goes, Kyle never gave any indication that they were separating. And PK goes, it's pretty fucked up. Like, I, I guess offended by it. But, but I mean, I will say if they were so close and they didn't know about this stuff, I can understand being like, what the fuck? You didn't. Like, yeah. Um, Anna Marie's telling Marcellus, did the People Magazine exclusive come from Kyle as a way to get ahead of what everyone else is saying about her? So now there's all this discussion. Clearly, like, yes. Well, I think, <laughs> I mean, I will say when Kyle mentions about how they got, they saw the article while they were with the family in Aspen and like literally it was being pinged on their phones and it was like they were, like Kyle was like, oh my God, I can't, they can't see. And like they were all seeing it and it was just like depressing and they were crying about it. It gives some credence to the idea that Kyle didn't do it, but I do find it suspicious because when you think back, you have to think back to the timeline of when this stuff was happening. This People Magazine headline came out within like days of like rumors on Reddit and other places of them being like, hey, like if you look at like Kyle's Instagram, like there's like she doesn't post any photos of Mauricio anymore. And, like, not even on his birthday or anything like that. And then there was, like, all these photos with Morgan. And, like, the, like the Morgan theories were emerging. And then within days, this article comes out. Yeah. And she has also been adamant that they didn't tell anybody. Yeah. So if no one knew it has that to- it has to be you or him. Yeah. And I don't put it past Kyle to leak this and then immediately deny it because what that does is that says is that keeps anyone else from publishing. Because if I remember correctly, and, and people correct me if I'm wrong, the people at, the people headline comes out right. Mm-hmm. Then in like a day ish or whatever, Kyle and Mauricio re- uh, release a joint statement, basically debunking it. Saying that they're not separating, right? That they're in this. That they, that it was that they're not separating, but they've had issues, or they've had a right. rough year, or something, is how they phrased that, right? And then they do another statement where it's like, "Yes, we are separating," 
And like, so it is the like, why do that middle statement? You know what I mean? I think because they knew it was going to get out. And so they decided to put it out before anyone else put it out. Yeah. And then immediately debunk it so that no one else could write articles about it and be taken seriously. And you could question it, right? Right. Question what's real. And then that way they could put a pause on it and put their actual statement out when they were ready. Yeah. Rob says to Crystal, I guess the question is sort of who planted the story? You want conjecture? Morgan told People Magazine that they were separated. And Crystal goes... Okay, you're in crazy director mode, Rob Minkoff. You are seriously storyboarding a movie right now. Okay. And I was like, Let him do it. But, like, he's I'd doing, watch this movie. He's doing your job that you should be doing, Crystal. I'd watch this movie. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> like, get, get Sutton to pay for it. She'll pay for it. She got money. Yeah. Sutton's FaceTiming uh, Garcelle and goes, this didn't happen overnight. And I think the truth is Kyle's known about problems in her marriage leading up to this. And then she breaks down the not drinking alcohol, the working out, etc., the tattoos. Sutton goes, and I'm asking questions and I'm getting in trouble. Sutton says, I think that Kyle was lying to us the whole time. And Garcelle goes, I think you're right. Yeah. Here, I saw some comments, which I could which, Which I, we now know is true. Y- yes. But I can see some, I saw some comments being like, I, even from people I like being like, I'm kind of, I kind of didn't like that. Sut- not this and me. This is the, the people. I kind of didn't like that Sutton and Garcelle were like detective moding this when the news broke and weren't like sad at all. It just seemed like they, they were focused on like figuring out the mystery and like, as opposed to like, say er- what Erica does later, right? And I'm like, to those people, have you ever watched Housewives? I get. Is this your first day? Sure. Like, I mean, you people would argue like this is a moment where it's like well, you put stuff to a side because it's so big or whatever. No, I see how. It, here's my thing. I see how it looks that way. But when when Sutton makes the comment of like, and I'm asking questions and I'm being called out for it and being yelled at. I think it's a hurt of like you were. I think Sutton Garcelle feel hurt of like you were telling the two of us that we were crazy and that we were crossing lines and that we were reading into things that weren't there and that we were terrible people for doing it. Right. Right. And now we realize there was actually stuff there, which I get the inclination to do that. But then once everything comes out, you owe those people an apology. Right. That's my thing. Like. Like, I get doing that in the moment, but you have to apologize for it. Yeah. It's and a- Kyle won't. I guarantee you she's not going to own up to that. Yeah. We go to Kyle and, and Mauricio's house. They're, uh, Kyle's talking about, like, finding out in Aspen, like I mentioned. She says, Mo was really focused on who gave the story, and I was more focused on how it was affecting all of us, which is another, like, jab. Like, she, I don't yeah. know if she re- She's like, we're copacetic. We're good. We just fell out of love. It's like, but you're making jabs and like... Yeah. Like, you're constantly saying, oh, well, Mauricio is selfish and I'm the only one that cares about this family. Yeah. Um, Erica stops by the house because she wants to sort of be there for Kyle. She says, it's important for me to be good to Kyle now because she was always good to me. She didn't shade me. She didn't push me out. She didn't judge me. Which... I would say for the most part is probably true, even though I had an issue with, like, Kyle being like, I had no question about what you did. Which is bullshit. Which is bullshit. But for the rest of the stuff, like, yes, Kyle was there for her. But, like... Sure. Yeah. 
Um, I will say whether whatever I think about it, like I would want Erica to be my fucking like motivational speaker. Like, yeah, she actually does a good job here of that, and yeah. like. I, I, I was impressed, which makes it so weird as to why she needs a therapist to teach her about, like, the concept of empathy, right? Um, ish. Um. But, because, I mean, particularly in her case where it's, like, it felt like you were a, a robot learning what human emotions were, right? Earlier in the season. And now, like, you have this, like, innate ability to sort of just, like, listen and hear a person and, and you know, be there for them in a, this, like, really, like, visceral way. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm still – Erica is such a mystery to me. <laughs> She's a mystery wrapped in an enigma. And cash. <laughs> so, the stupidest tagline. <laughs> she goes – she tells Kyle, I feel like I need to semi-acknowledge slash apologize for the fact that – I've not been the most observant friend because at that dinner table, talking about the weed party, I literally did not know. And Kyle, and she apologizes to her. And Kyle goes, I mean, there really wasn't anything to observe because we've been dealing with things privately. Like, it wasn't, like, out in the open. Like, I mean, it was for, like, in on the cameras, but, like, maybe not with the friend group. I can give you that. Kyle says, I think the hardest part of what we're going through is that, you know, it really isn't one big thing. She's almost like, it would be one thing if it was, like, a cheating thing or, like, whatever. Which, I. But then also... But then, she, con- but then she contradicts herself at the end. I forgot. Yeah. Like, she literally says something at the end, which is, like, not this. Which is, like, wow. Like, what's the story? Kyle says, since that article came out, it's like, oh, obviously Mo cheated. Or now Kyle's cheated. Erica's like, what's the truth with that? And Kyle's like, it's literally nothing to do with anybody else. It's not extended family. It's not within the family. It's just the two of us. Like, you know, and Erica's like, has he acknowledged how painful this is for you? And Kyle goes, I think he's more like the person to pretend that everything's okay, which makes it hard sometimes. And Erica goes like, yeah, I know that person. Like, yeah, everything's going to be great. That's what I was told. (laughs) Which it's like, but that's, I mean, that was more about finances. And and you're, and this is more about like emotions. (laughs) That's, I mean. Those are different things. I was going to say, not to say you don't have emotions for Tom, but let's be real. That relationship was about finances for the most part. Sure, but... For 95% of it. Yeah. That's like, you know. Um, But yeah. Um, Kyle says, when we first met, we were really opposites and that worked. Like, I would joke and say that if it wasn't for me, he'd be dead. And if it wasn't for him, I'd never take chances. Like... And when they were showing like the flashbacks and like the, I got, it resonated with me. Like you really, like you forget that like, yeah, this was the couple that like was like the quintessential Bravo yeah. couple. When the news broke, it was a big fucking deal Yeah, to a lot of fucking people. Well, and here's the thing. They, they talk about this, like they failed. And yeah. I, I told you this in the moment while we were watching the show. I don't remember where I got this from, like this idea from, but someone else said it. So it's not my thing. I'm not this smart. But someone said we need to get rid of the idea that just because someone gets divorced does not mean that their marriage failed. Right. They were successful for 27 years. They made a beautiful home, a beautiful family. Like... 
they were like there was much more success than there was quote unquote failure. Yeah. It is much better to walk away when things are no longer working than to stay together and end up hating each other. And I just we need to stop acting like marriage like yes, I I would love the idea that marriage lasts forever. And I think nobody goes into a marriage thinking it's going to end one day. Yeah. But I think we need to understand the fact that deciding that we aren't right for each other is not a failure. That's not a failure. That's just being adult and realizing, hey, we were right for each other 10 years ago. Yeah. We're not anymore. And that's okay. I think we need to walk different directions and find the new chapter. And that's okay. Yeah. Kyle tells her, like, we've been together since our early 20s. And Erica goes, which, by the way, is a really long time. And Kyle goes, and it's always been something I'm very proud of. And she starts crying. And Erica goes, you should still be proud, girl. And Kyle goes, I'm not proud right now. Erica goes, why? Because you're human? Because you have problems? Kyle says, because it's a letdown for me, him, the kids, people who don't even know us. Complete strangers say, we looked up to you guys. You made us believe in true love. And she goes, Erica goes, this is true love. Listen to me. There are only two people in this marriage, so everybody else's opinion can fuck off. You have to make yourself happy. And I was like, yes, Erica. Yeah. Work. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, you know, pick, really can pick somebody up like that. Like, it was really impressive to me. Yeah. Like try but if it's not working then saying this is over is okay yeah we then flash forward to one week later and kyle and mauricio are at the house the statements have now been out like there's they're still dealing with like all the stuff from it mo and kyle are in the kitchen and mo goes i'm just glad it's they're joking because they're still like some like they're cordial that's the thing it's like they're cordial enough with each other mo says I'm just glad it's you, the one that's, you know, out there having the affair in the news, right? Uh In in terms of the rumors. And Kyle goes, for once, it's me. And Mo pulls a face. (laughs) She got him good. I'm sorry. That's good. That's good Kyle shade. Well, I mean, we've been hearing about it on this show for years now. Yeah. Like, the the LVP magazine thing. And I think we're going to hear more about it. Yeah, probably. It seems like it. Kyle talks about how she feels like the rug was pulled out from under the kids because they didn't know how bad things were and how she feels like guilty about that, but they didn't know how to talk about it. And like, you know, I, I like, I do feel bad for the kids. And I think like, like, I do, I do think it's hard to just have that conversation too, of just like, you know, until it's too late. But also part of that is this whole thing that Kyle's been talking about all season where they don't talk about things. Right. They just bury it because it's better than quote unquote better than fighting. They didn't want to create an environment where they were fighting in front of their kids, which I think is important, but also you still have to have your fights in private. Fighting is important. Right. Um, Farrah arrives and the other girls come down to the living room because they're going to have like a family discussion. Also, Farrah's fucking 34 or whatever. Looks exactly like Kyle. Yeah, crazy. They well, they all kind of look like Kyle in different yeah. ways. Yeah. Um, Kyle says that, you know, they just want to clear some stuff up. She's like, you know, Mo says, we haven't told you guys everything because we wanted to protect you. And, you know, you, you kind of got blindsided and that's probably really difficult. So like very open and honest, like conversation. Kyle tells them, I will say we haven't talked about a divorce just so you guys know that. So it's like we're just in a separating mm-hmm. phase, which I think at this point they're divorcing. Like it's confirmed, right? 
I think the story came out, but it got debunked. Maybe. I don't know. Um, they The girls asked, like, what they plan to do. And Kyle's like, well, you know, we just need more space. And Farrah goes, so you need more space? And Kyle goes, well, I mean, we're doing this, like, while living under the same roof. And Mo goes, well, not necessarily, no. And Kyle kind of, like, pulls a look. Like, again, it's, like, the contradicting of each other and the sort of, like, that those moments are, like, very uncomfortable to watch as a viewer. Um, where it's, like... I mean, contrast to, like, the Candace and, and Chris thing, like, what that I was saying before, where it's, like, yeah, they're, like, not communicating well, whatever. Right. But this is just kind of, like, there's no love there in that way, and, and, and it makes it harder. Um, and, like, I mean, I mean, also Mo being, like, well, we're not always in the same house, because they have the house in Aspen, right? And I think Mo's talked about, like, sometimes they'll just go to Aspen for a little while. And, like, Kyle, and they've talked about, like, well, you know, we agree that we can see other people and we can do what we want in terms of that stuff. And, you know, it's, you know, not going to be frowned upon necessarily. So it's like, I mean, how much are you working on things? You know what yeah. I mean? How much is it? I found it interesting on the after show. They're like, is they asked the girls, like, is something, do you think it could get better? And Dorit's like, I think it's done. Like, yeah. like, and it's like, yeah, probably. And it's like, I wouldn't prolong the inevitable. Yeah. At this point, it's just any prolonging, it's just going to build resentment. Yeah. Like, get it done as quickly as possible and then move on. Yeah. I felt I felt so bad. Like, I got crushed because Kyle like asked, like, Portia, are you okay? And it's the moment where she's just kind of, like, nodding yes, but then, like, breaks down. Yeah. And it's just really sad. Um, And Kyle tells him. We're not broken, just bent. We're a very strong family, and we always will be. Always will be. And it's like, whoo, that's a, like, you know. Well, and that and that is the thing. Like, even if Kyle and Mauricio get a divorce, which most likely is going to happen at this point, um, they're linked together forever. They have three children together. Yeah, and their children are mostly grown. Yeah. Like, and... I they d- will forever be linked. Yeah. I think they I think they can have a relationship that's healthy and I and I'm glad for that, but like yeah. Um, Mauricio is the dad to three of them, right? The younger three? Or is so. it just two? I think it's three, if I remember correctly. I know Farah is from before. Again, we would know this if we watched we watched his fucking Netflix show. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. But like yeah. Um but then the episode airs with Kyle and her confession, her confessional, and this was clearly like a post-film confessional. Kyle says, I've come to realize there's a big chance that we aren't going to end up together. Like, kind of resounding to that. Uh, the producer then asks Kyle, what is the issue the two of you can't let go of? And then Kyle says, there were things that happened that made me lose my trust that I wasn't able to recover from. But she doesn't say what they are. Yeah. And we can assume that it's that the whole rumors about Mauricio probably have some weight to them. Yeah. And I, Kyle, well, Andy said that this gets talked about at the reunion and this gets answered. So that should be interesting to see. Mm, I will believe that it gets answered when we see it get answered. Yeah. Because they have pulled bait and switch on us before when it comes to Kyle opening up about her life. Right. And I, and it'll be interesting to see how Andy presses her, if yeah. he presses her enough. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. 
Uh, and Kyle just like, am I done? And then like, they're like, yeah, you're done. And then just like breaks down, which I thought was, a, I mean, from a television perspective, I, I understand this is like without my emotions, was a very poetic end to the season because it was almost her breaking down of like, I can drop everything now. Well, but she also, if if you heard her, when she broke down, she said, it's over. Yeah. That was like really poetic. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, that was Beverly Hills. What do we think of the season overall? Uh, I like this season. I I don't think I do a lot too. of people do. I do too. I think it was a lot better than last season. That's for fucking sure. That's my thing. Was it the messiest? No. But we didn't have lizard lips. Yeah. We didn't have Rena. And I do think bonds are forming in a way that I like to see. And like it's it's like I think I've said it, but in the past, it's a transitional season yeah. where you need you need this season or else this was going to get real real bad. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I I'm, I'm appreciative of it and th- thought it was really good. And if it is the end to Kyle. It is a good tie-up for her. Yeah, I actually think so. And I think that, you know, I whatever I can, as annoyed I can fucking be with Kyle, I, and you know I can be annoyed with her. Like, she is very, she's up, she's on like the Mount Rushmore of Housewives. Like, oh, she, yeah. she has given a lot to this show. And so. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And then when we come back, we're talking the finale of Real Housewives of Miami. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay It Is Envy. Let's head on down to Florida where we celebrate Miami Days and Havana Nights on Real Housewives of Miami. Real Housewives of Miami finale. Great fucking finale to a great fucking season. Again, So fucking good. Like, I can't... There's not enough good things I can say about Miami. Um, a, a, a 
great fight, even though I was so angry about it. Like So fucking but, angry. But that's how you know it's good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we'll get to that. We start the episode with, oh my god, Larsa and Marcus recording their podcast. We have to get one last podcast in. Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, it's, apparently we had to double. How the, often do they, they haven't posted anything since November. Yeah. They have 15 episodes out. I, I like this. I mean, at this, point, how often are they making episodes? I don't get it. At this point, it's a great way to just manufacture a storyline at this point. Just I be guess. Like, Let's make a podcast for like a season. I guess, you know, Meredith and Seth are doing it. Fucking, you know, why not? Uh, Marcus asked about how uh, Paddle went, and Laura goes, I felt like I was being interrogated by Adriana and Kiki, and he goes, <laughs> really? And she goes, about your dad. And, like, he, like, pauses. She goes, I don't want to talk about your dad. I'd rather you talk about your relationship with your dad and the things he said rather than coming from me. Marcus goes, I mean, maybe at some point he'll clarify what he meant, but I wouldn't bet on that. <laughs> like, w- you don't have enough of a relationship with your dad to be like... He said no. Yeah, well, that's the thing. N-O. That is a complete sentence. No explanation needed. I, I don't understand. What? Sorry, what I meant was I love them. <laughs> right. Uh, it's, just more, it's just Michael Jordan reading a paper. Um, sorry, this, I was joking. I was laughing. I was... Yeah, yeah, I was laughing. Holding up today's New York Times with the date clearly visible. See, he said it. He was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so they record an episode about the article, like talking about like all the news headlines from it. Marcus goes, I mean, we knew ahead of time because he texted me. I was like dying laughing and you were like nervous. <laughs> like also the fact that you were laughing about that, like crazy. If that's true. And Larsa goes, I was embarrassed. People online started to think I was lying. But your friend, but but your friends also thought you were lying. Also started, right? Bitch, we done been thought you were lying about this. Like it's about everything. Yeah, but it's like <laughs> crazy. Uh, the produce, I, I I ripped my hair out almost because the producer asked Marcus and Larsa, "Have you two hung out with Marcus since being a couple?" Th- that's the question from right. the producer. Have you two hung out with Marcus's dad since being a couple? Marcus then goes, yeah, so I think since we've been a couple, my dad has been vocal and adamant about making sure that I'm happy. It's like, that's not the question. That's your, Larsa has trained you up well. Uh-huh. Like, if we're going back to married medicine, that's, a tr- that's some training. Like, say that, you know, they hope that we're happy, blah, blah, blah. That's all you have to say. But Mar- Marcus then goes, but my dad hasn't met any of the women that I've dated. Bullshit. Bull, I, he's met none of the women you dated. He's none. Met none of the women you've dated, but didn't you say that you spent the holidays with each other's families? But also, what does that mean when you say, my dad just wants, is vo- very vocal and adamant about making sure that I'm happy, but he doesn't meet any of your partners? Like, then how is he supposed to know that you're happy? Yeah. Right. Like, how is he, unless he sees. Like a good relationship between the two of you. Ooh, ooh, nothing makes sense. It, does, it makes no fucking sense. Uh, Larsa goes, I feel your dad's really busy, so it's not like a priority. <laughs> the fuck does that? To just see your fucking whatever. Marcus goes, 
my dad's okay with whomever I'm going to end up with. My mom is the one that I want to make sure, like, the person I'm dating, and she likes the person I'm dating, and she loves Larsa. She's He's okay with every... Uh, not, every you contradicted yourself, like, four times in this. It's wild. Well, also, clearly, they're playing off of what Alexia said in in Mexico. Oh, right, right, right. Right, because Alexia was the one that was like, well, I, clearly, it matters more if the mom likes it. She's, like, she's like, that was good. Use that one. Yeah. <laughs> And then Larsa says during the podcast, I don't want to ever be a problem with your parents. That's not a vibe. <laughs> That's not a vibe. Jesus. You Christ. are 50. Like, like if yeah. act your age. This is the episode of people need to act their goddamn age. Honestly. Uh, we then go to Gertie visiting Nicole um, and uh, they're just having a chat. Gertie's asking about how her IVF process is going. And Nicole says that, you know, her hormones are now in like the right place after taking the IUD uh, out. So they're going to start trying the natural way and see if that works before going to like sort of a, yeah. you know, more, uh, more extensive process like that. Um, Gertie talks about starting chemo in a couple of days after Adriana's party, which I thought was, which I was thankful for. I, for some reason, I thought she had started chemo during filming, and I was like, no, you kind of have to do it after. Like, yeah, it's it's going to take weight. You can't. No, there's no way you're going to have energy to film. Yeah, and it's like, and basically, it's three months worth of chemo and then a month of radiation. Right. So. Yeah, pretty extensive stuff. Um, Gertie says how she feels calmer now, but she's still frustrated about Larsa telling everyone about it because it's like that was hers to tell. Which, like, yeah, she has a right to take that. I'm sorry. Anyone being like Gertie needs to let stuff go because I saw, like, one person. Like, you know, they they somehow exist. I'm sorry. Gertie can take this to the fucking grave about the oh, yeah. Larsa telling everybody she had cancer. Absolutely. That, that is utterly unacceptable in every any word. And Larsa should be kissing her fucking feet any yeah. chance she gets. Yeah. Um, look, Gertie then goes, you saw the message with the group chat, right? Like, oh, Gertie, you bit me. I'm like, what? And they're like, because they don't even know what the incident they're talking. Like, I realize that when they're discussing, like, what are you th- talking about? Like, I bit her. Like, and it's a moment on the boat ride, right, where they're just casually chatting, just being, like, flirty fun. They're a little bit tipsy, whatever. And Gertie does, like, a, uh, like sort of, like, not even, like, a... She doesn't, like... She, she doesn't, like, sink her teeth into fucking Larsa. It's, like, a, oh, like, love bite kind of whatever. Yeah, it, of, it's one of those weird, like, um... Uh... Most people that are millennials will get it. That weird little thing where you're, like, just randomly want to bite someone it it's a thing yeah but it's not even like like you said it's not like you're attacking them and it's gertie gertie does like wacky shit all the time but like so apparently she's like you know larsa said that like somebody bit her whatever in this like interview and it i remember this interview when they were talking about it i was like oh shit the fucking it was with entertainment tonight and like she i remember at the time everyone thought it was like a very serious thing larsa presented like we got into a fight and someone bit me yeah. Like, like it, it was, and everyone assumed it was Adriana, by the way, which like Adriana vindicated, I guess. But, but I mean, is she because it tracks with Adriana? Sure. So that's more really indicative of who Adriana is. Gertie goes, why are you trying to be a clickbait whore? <laughs> Gertie, when she has the gloves off is great. She says to her confessional, earth to Larsa. Here is the education of being a good friend. Number one, keep secrets when you're asked to. 
Number two, tell the truth and do not be a pathological liar. Number three, have compassion and grace. Too much to ask for? I'm like, I guess it is. Like, it yeah. was, that's the thing. It's like you can't, like, Lars is so inept emotionally that it's like, yeah, that sort of, like, lesson plan is, like, what you actually kind of have to do. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, Larsa just... Mm. Does my head in. Then uh-huh. it'll get worse. Yep. She's like, girl, he's like, I don't understand why she, you know, she's doing this again after we, like, we made up in Mexico and we left on a good place. And like, you have other things to worry about. Michael Jordan doesn't like you, baby. <laughs> uh, Nicole's like, it just feels like it's one step forward and like seven steps back. And Gertie goes, and I'm going to continue to have an issue until she understands her place. Period. End of story. Yeah. Like Gertie, I'm with Gertie throughout this. Like Gertie, it, like it credit to Gertie also throughout this season where it's like, it would be one thing to like, sort of like I, with something as serious as like her cancer diagnosis, like her, it being such a center of like sort of everything and like, and all that stuff. But I honestly think Gertie is like bringing it this. Oh season. yeah. She's not being like the, like, you know, the background character. No, she's put in, in fact, more effort. I feel. Then she had like not that she wasn't showing up before, but like yeah, she turned up the gas, honey. I agree. Um, Alexia is with the boys and they're helping move boxes uh, into the new apartment that they've got and all that stuff. Um, and Alexia takes a moment to talk to Peter in like a separate room because she wants to discuss about like Todd had discussed about like you know getting ready for like estate planning and like how that's going to look and like what we're going to do. What, what what to give to the kids basically, and one of the big things is also like how who will take care of Frankie when all of this like you know God forbid yeah. something happened to her, which is a real thing that you know it has to be focused on. She got Alexia says like even though your father's here, like your father legally cannot because of the situation. The fact that she also says the situation because we know about the drug stuff, like the sort of drug mm-hmm. dealing stuff that's like been in documentaries and stuff like that. But also, there I feel like there was like sexual assault stuff as well, like possibly with a minor. If I, I don't I, know, I don't I mis- remember unless I'm misstating. But they never cited on the show, right? Right. Like it's never become like a focal thing. But it's like that's probably more the reason why that can't assume a guardianship. Like, but also like, what does Jersey Shore have to do with this? Why are we talking about the situation? Uh, oh, I was like, where are you going with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, let's look, let's talk honestly. Come on. Um, Alexia says they're professional. Peter is such a good son and brother, and he never got the credit for it because people always focus on other things that haven't gone as well. And they flash back. It's like other Alexia is a little vague at times <laughs> for intentionally yeah. other things that haven't gone as well. Like when Todd called him out for like giving Frankie marijuana. Like, yeah, yeah, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, I mean, and now we probably know that maybe that could be helpful and therapeutic, but... But he wasn't doing it like that. But he that. wasn't doing it like that. That's not how that was, no. So Alexi's like, sometimes it just takes a little bit longer to grow up. And he's like, I hope he's grown up. I think, I mean, like, he's he's needed to. Like, there's clear issues that you can't, like, just sort of, like, sweep under in in terms of that. But it's like, yeah, you need to grow up. Um, also, by the way, he looks so much better with a beard. Oh yeah. Like it's not a beard, but it's like a sort of like shadow or whatever. Uh-huh. And I was like, Oh, you actually look hot now. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Problems aside. Uh, yeah. Uh, Alexa goes, you know, when Herman passed away, like I didn't put you as, his, as, uh, Frankie's guardian and Peter goes, yeah, I wouldn't have either. Like, well, at least he can acknowledge it. Yeah. He does. He, 
like some of it, like in this scene, at least he feels more mature. Yeah. Like just in conversation. Alexia goes, I didn't think you could cope with it at the time, but a lot of things have happened in six years. And so the is open to the possibility of doing that. But she's like, you also have to factor in, like, if you want a woman in your life and, and a partner, they also have to be okay with it and know the yeah. stakes of like, you're going to be taking care of Frankie pretty much your whole life. Yeah. I mean, before my brother died, I mean, it was the assumption that I would probably take over his care. Yeah. If my parents passed before he did. And I just, that was something I had known from a very young age. Cause James, my older brother is just, at the time, didn't seem like he would be someone who would be responsible enough mm-hmm. to do that. So it always kind of fell to me, like even from like the age of like five or six, I kind of knew yeah. that that would be my life. I mean, and then my brother passed, and so it ended up being a non-issue. But it's something that I grew up with. So, yeah, it's a lot of pressure, and you like think about how is this going to impact every decision I ever make, you know? Yeah. Uh, we then go over to Lisa's house and she's having her mother, uh, and her aunt over to the house, um, because they're helping babysit the kids while they go on vacation, her and Jody go on vacation. Um, we get a little bit of background from Lisa about them, that they were, grew up in a really poor area of Jamaica called Seaford town and then moved to Canada. And so that's where the connection is. I thought it was <laughs> Lisa. I think, I mean, this is her real story, and I give her credit for that, but it did feel like she was also doing overtime of, like, I'm yeah, a, I am an immigrant. <laughs> yeah, I am an immigrant, and also I know poor people, and, like, yeah, I mean, she already did that this season to an extent, so it's, like, <sighs> yeah, she's really trying to rehab it. Um, so she said, she also talks a lot about how her mom basically became increasingly uncomfortable with visiting because of Lenny's attitude. And they basically are just like, yeah, he's a fucking dickhead. He wouldn't acknowledge us. Like he wouldn't speak to us like in passing and stuff like that. Lisa makes a comment that like her, his mother had them address her as Mrs. Hochstein and her, um, and her, um, why can't I think of the term? Like Lisa, the father-in-law addressed the father-in-law as Professor Hochstein, like told that to Lisa's mom. And like, that's weird. Like it's, well, it's gross. And it's like, they, they presented as like, Lisa presents it as though, like it was because they came from this like sort of poor background and like, which is possible. Like I, I, I I don't, I don't put that past Lenny. Yeah. Now I just have this image in my mind of Lisa literally getting off of that boat in in uh, Mexico city and making a phone call to her mom. It's like, I just made fun of poor people. <laughs> I really need you to come to Miami. Can you get here now? <laughs> like we'll be like, yeah, like we'll be here in a couple days. It's fine. Yeah. D- uh, her aunt Dell tells her, look, you're going to come out on top. Karma. Something is going to, someone is going to get karma. If you know what I'm saying? I, I actually liked her mom and her aunt. Cause they were yeah, kind of like, they were great. They were badasses. Uh, we then see Julia at her farm setting up a lunch with Adriana. Uh, oh, my God. This was so – this was w- giving uh, uh, Arrested Development down because Adriana saying that the guava jam is really good. And, and Julia going, yeah, maybe I'll set it for like $30. And she's like, $30 for a jar of jam? And Julia goes, that's not enough. <laughs> it wasn't even a big jar. It was like a little like – 
a cup of jam. And, and Audrey, I was like, that's not caviar, darling. Like what? Like maybe like 19. And she's like, no, no, not 19. It's like, I get that it's like artisan and like, you know, whatever. And I guess Julia's name value would help, but like $30 worth. Mama, that's $12. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, no, not the best. Adriana tells, uh, then like tells Julia, like the song is finished and stuff like that. And so she's excited for the party, but doesn't hope it gets too crazy because it might run Emilio at the door, which I, it was on the verge of, uh, huh. When, when they were fighting and Emilio pulls a look, I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. This is like actual big talent. Like, yeah. Maybe that's the reason the song hasn't dropped yet. Yeah, you, like the fact that the fucking song hasn't released on iTunes or anything. Like, time this shit out, guys. What are you doing? Yeah, it really should have dropped like the second the episode was over. Yeah. Um, it starts raining and then Julia goes, oh, God, just when I was about to show you the pig. Because apparently she fucking adopted a pig now because she can't say no to animals but she adopted she didn't spend money on it yeah yeah it was from a rescue or whatever and and because she's like oh god i gotta tell martina martina takes it pretty well yeah she's like it's a rescue it was for a nice reason what you know all that good stuff um yeah it's a good kind of ending to that uh side of the story um the ladies are oh my god so then the ladies are all getting ready for adriana's havana night party um and but as gertie's getting ready so gertie um decides that this is her time to um, be proactive and shave her head um, in preparation for her chemotherapy. She's telling I, I, she's telling the um, her assistant like maybe I don't go like bald bald yet. Like I, I do like a shadow, like a one cut or whatever, just as like a start. So like and like I I I think it looks better completely shaved as it eventually looks. Like you were saying that like yeah, like I think, but I think like it was definitely like a baby like dipping your toe in the water sort of thing. Yeah, her. I get I get being afraid to go full cue ball. Yeah. But I think it looks so much better on her yeah. than like the the close shave that she had him it just wasn't Yeah. Yeah. She says it's the one thing that she's been able to control in her cancer journey. So this is why she's making the preemptive stage. Um and Russell's helping her. And it was just I mean like it was powerful as fuck and just like just seeing her like slowly break down over it and russell reassuring her that like she looks beautiful was just like really sweet and moving and like obviously not just from like i mean this is a terrible thing for any person woman who's going through breast cancer but also just like the added element of like being a black woman and that connection with hair and like yeah just well and yeah, there's just so much stigma for for black women around hair anyway. So it's just it, it's a it's another like layer of trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Um Adriana is doing rehearsal and getting her makeup done and all that and Marisol decides to FaceTime her from Adriana or from Adriana from Paris FaceTimes Adriana mm-hmm. to like wish her luck and stuff like that and Adriana can't believe that her and Marisol are like communicating. And we, but again, like we said before, like this is why this show works so well. Like Marisol, your confessional goes, I never imagined that four months ago I'd be having this conversation. But I'm a forgiver. I'm a lover. And I've known her for a long time. And she's a motherfucker. But deep down, I love her. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I think like it's yeah, – but here's the thing. You can like someone. And I, I don't think it has to be deep. Like it doesn't have to be like like the hatred doesn't have to be sort of like overwhelming, right, to where like it becomes this like – 
detrimental thing to you know not just the show but like your personal life yeah and that that's fair that part it i completely agree with i just when they were willing to believe her over nicole right, what pissed right, me right. Off. yeah no oh there's it was a mess this season um Adriana jokes have fun don't forget to bring me a hot scottish guy and before marisol can answer she hangs up <laughs> It's like, well, some things never change. Uh, the ladies all start arriving to the party. Um, I will say, th- Nicole proved that you can pull off this dress. This, yeah. like, this is the dress that Kenya wore last season, which I hated. That red sort of like frilly thing. But it's it's the styling. Yeah, it's all about the styling. Yeah, Kenya wearing it with those leather gloves and stuff like that did not make it work. Also, Anna Marie wore this dress to the People's Choice Awards or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's uh, Nicole's the only one that sort of has, like, nailed that. Yeah. People, when Anna Marie wore it, said that it looked like she was wearing Sutton's esophagus. I saw that. that... <laughs> Everything has a purpose. Um, so, yeah, all the ladies start arriving. The party looks great. Um, Anna Quinones does arrive as well. I love uh, 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 Alexi in the confessional going, I don't know what Anna's doing here again. I don't know who invited her. Adriana invited her, clearly. It's- Adriana's party. It's literally her party. She That's who invited her. Oh, my God. She goes, you know, tonight I'm staying because I look too good to be running out of this party. And Marisol's not here tonight, so I don't have to go. You know, because it's Marisol's issue and not mine. She, she really is just reemphasizing, like, no, Marisol had the issue. It wasn't. I don't. I don't. Anna, I don't have an issue with Anna. Like, <laughs> don't bring up my finances. Oh, <laughs> uh, geez. I, I also love that it didn't end up being a thing. No, she doesn't say anything. I don't think at all. This no, episode. we see her in that one little clip and that's it. Um, they're talking around uh, in a group and Larsa asks if Todd is here. And Alexia goes, nobody brings their husband. I'm not bringing mine. And Larsa goes, Marcus would have came, but he's out of town. I texted Kiki that Marcus was mad at her, like joking with Kiki, but Kiki's like, what? Don't bring me into this. <laughs> She's like, we went to play paddle and she asked me about Marcus's dad and I answered as best as I could. You, meaning you lied. You actually lied. So uh-huh. she goes, any questions she had, I answered. Every conversation that Marcus and I have had, he says his father's fine with it. And the best part is Julie is like pulling faces to the side and she goes, Sorry, I'm overhearing. Like, clearly, like, you want me in this conversation because I'm the one that brought it up in the first place in Mexico. Yeah. So, like, I'm going to be in it. Julia goes, we just want you to share everything with us. And Larsa goes, I feel like I share a lot. I don't know. A lot of bullshit. But I don't know half about you, Larsa. Like, you speak in these vague, like, like, you know, niceties and just sort of like, you know, you, you don't ever really talk real to where it's like, no, we, I don't think anyone, anyone really knows a lot about you. Literally nothing. It's like, uh, I know your name. I, I, I know you're dating Marcus. I know your old face. I know what your old face looks like and that it's a jump scare. Not that it's bad. It's just drastically different. Larsa then goes, if you guys want, we can call Marcus and he can talk about his dad's relationship. And then she goes, Marcus is an adult. I'm an adult. Do you need permission from your mom, Julia, to get a guy or a girl? And it's like. Nobody said anything about getting permission. Right. Julia goes, Larsa gets defensive because she get when she we get defensive, sometimes we have something to hide. Yeah. It's like, it's uh, she's, she reads it all over her face. I can't believe she was any somewhat as good as on traders, right? Yeah, I wild. 
absolutely wild. Um, Mike and Isis, Nicole's dad and his girlfriend, are also at the party because it's like I guess everyone's just inviting everyone. Oh dear God, I forgot about this. Nicole literally tells him to drink water because, like, God, you know, you need to. And Nicole tells Isis, "My love, I, f- I feel for you." I love that they kind of like bonded over being like, "Yeah, he's crazy." Uh, crazy and something else that we'll get into at the end of the episode. Yeah. Larsa, they're back in the group and Larsa goes, everyone says I want to make more time. I want to work on relationships with XYZ. Don't just say it, do it. I feel like I've made an effort to reach out to you, Nicole. And Nicole's like, yeah, like, you know, I feel like in this year, you know, it's the first time I made roads inroads with Larsa and with Alexia. Like we're talking, we're having like 45 minute long conversations on the phone. Like that's, you know, a big deal. And I love Alexia goes, well, you're welcome. I'm very happy that I brought everyone together. <laughs> what? <laughs> Alexia the Peacemaker. Alexia's great. I, I I I feel like she I think she knows she's funny, right? I think she knows that what she's saying is she, like I, I don't know. I don't know that she does. Yeah. Gertie then decides, okay, this is where I'm gonna broach the stuff with Larsa. She's been she was saying all episodes, she's gonna basically confront her on it. She goes, Mexico was very important for me, even though I was in bed for most of the other half. In the beginning, we all bonded. More specifically with you, because I thought we were past the the article that you sent out, which was the blowout. And Larsa goes, why do you say I thought? She goes, on day one of the trip, you asked me for a favor to not put your name in the press. And I wanted the same courtesy. I thought you finally understand this last day, a couple days ago. And then Larsa cuts her off and goes, did I say your name? And Gertie goes, that doesn't make it right. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, so she, like, before that, you know what article she's talking about clearly, right? Yeah. For you to cut her off like that. And it's like, who cares about that you didn't say her name? Stop talking about her in the press if that's... And, and also, again, this was what Larsa was pissed about in the beginning. Was a headline that Gertie said that she was the fakest and all that stuff. So it's like, you keep doing this stuff that you claim that is out of bounds... Well, and then it's not even like Larsa doesn't identify who it is. Like she doesn't name Gertie by name, but she, I don't remember exactly what it was that she says in the article, but she like indicates that it's Gertie. She's like, it's the one that something, I don't remember what it was that was identifying, but it was like, clearly it's Gertie. It was like one of two people. Yeah. It's like, girl, you know what you were doing. Yeah. Uh, she goes, did I say your name? Gertie, stop. Gertie, stop. And now it just gets heated and doesn't ever, like, get back on track. Gertie goes, don't play dumb. And Larsa goes, you're dumb. <laughs> and Gertie goes, I said you're playing dumb. Lar- Gertie's literally like, let's not get, like, it vicious like this. But G- Larsa is fully ready to get vicious. Look, I have gotten taken to HR over that before. The yeah. difference between you're dumb and you're playing dumb. Apparently, there's no difference. Sure. But also just to tell someone you're dumb. It's like, Larsa, are you like fucking 10? Like, whatever. Larsa goes, look, I can't win with you. I'm sorry about that. You put me on the gondola. You bit me on the gondola ride, you know, and it's my fault. You bit me and you're mad at me. Now, So now she's actually taking offense to the bite. Like, she keeps saying later in this, like, it was a joke. It was a joke. But then she's being like, you bit me. No. Gertie goes, the reason I'm talking to you is because I'm actually disappointed. And Larsa goes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And Gertie goes, you're not sorry. You should be sorry, but you're not sorry. 
Like this attitude of I'm sorry. It's not like I'm it's actually whiny. I'm sorry, which is not an apology. Right. You don't because Larsa doesn't know how to actually feel sorry for someone. Larsa then goes, I feel bad for you. Go take care of your health, Gertie. Bitch. The way I would have fucking, I'm sorry, I w- I'm sorry, Adriana, I would have fucking ruined your deal with Emilio. I would have, because she would have been dragged outside of this building. By her baby hairs. Like, straight up. Julia is like hand. And whopped in the street. <laughs> yeah. Julia is like hand in her mouth, like, are you fucking serious? Because what is that? What's the dig? Like, go take care of your health. Yeah, Larsa, she has cancer. So maybe you shouldn't be wasting her energy on petty-ass shit. Yeah, so they continue to yell at each other. Kiki then comes in. It's like, what's going on? I was in the bathroom. Kiki's like, I just walked in. They're all yelling at each other. And Gertie, I love that Gertie goes, I'm not starting over. Let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> Kiki in the goes, who bite who? Like, are we vampires in this crew? <laughs> <laughs> Because it just becomes a fight about biting that. Gertie goes, why was it even brought up? And Larsa goes, because my arm was hurting when I got back. Fuck off. Like, what are you talking about? You're so full of shit, Larsa. I can't even deal with you. Like, uh, Gertie calls her out like, oh, one minute you're like, oh, I'm so sweet. The next minute, Chicago. Will the real Larsa please stand up? Who are you? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She goes. Oh, well, oh, my God. And then this, I was like, I was going to, like, like, ooh, Larsa deserves to go to hell for this comment. She says they're confessional. What else can I say to this poor woman? I'm a victim here, too. I'm sick, too. I'm sick over it. Bitch, what? What the fuck is wrong with you? How are you real? How do you think this is okay? uh, mm. she goes like you don't think it takes a toll on me everything i every time i see her she's yelling at me it's not easy she's yelling at you every time she sees you because you can't own shit because every time she sees you you've said some other fucked up shit behind her back oh my god larsa then decides to rope lisa into this because lisa walks in and she's like gertie's being like crazy gertie lisa sits down gertie goes yeah we're talking about the bite like the new clickbait news and lisa goes oh it was a joke gertie goes so now we're doing jokes on my dime and my time and larsa goes how is it your dime you were never mentioned like you get what she means like shut up gertie goes I'm giving my opinion on the situation. And Lisa goes, she, she goes, I'm not, or, well, no, uh, sorry. I have my notes wrong. Lisa says, I'm just giving my opinion on the situation. And then Gertie goes, I'm not doing this with you. You're about to now defend her and her good intentions. I'm going, I'm going through a lot right now, Lisa. Like, like, it's like, Lisa, don't like, why are you defending Larsa? Like you're, if you're Larsa's friend, you need to be pulling Larsa to the side to say, stop. She is going through fucking cancer. Yeah. Like later, Alexia is like, literally, I don't care what the fight is about. If that was me, I would just be like, okay, Gertie. Like, why are you like picking a fight? People be like anyone being like, oh, she has a cancer card. Yeah, she can pull a fucking cancer card. Yeah, that's one of those cards. You just get to keep playing over and over. 
She goes, she tells Lisa, I'm going through a lot right now. And then Larsa goes, yelling, goes, Gertie, don't blame me for that. I called you and texted you. And Gertie goes, shut your mouth. And Larsa goes, you shut your mouth. You shut your fucking mouth. Wild the way she's talking to her. I. mm. Gertie goes, you're disgusting. And Larsa goes, you're disgusting. And Lisa's going, guys, God, like, like on the top of her young's yelling in front of this giant fucking party. Alexi and Nicole are looking at each other like, are you fucking serious with this? Like, like, at least that moment of bonding where there'd be like, every one of our friends is crazy. Yeah. Gertie says to Lisa, tomorrow I'm getting my blood test and getting chemo right away. And Larsa goes, I'm sorry. Julie has to go, Larsa, wait. Like, stop talking. Like, let her fucking talk. Larsa goes, it's not my fault, Julia. Gertie goes, no one here would do that, what she's doing, if they were my friend. And Larsa goes, did what? And, like, she's just, like, not, like, even letting Gertie speak. She's just, like, like, Gertie's trying her best to be, like, I'm emotional right now. I'm going through a fucking lot. And Larsa's just, like, what? What are you going through? What are you going through? It's, like, shut the fuck up. Uh, What was it that Jackie said she should have done the sweet tea? (laughs) Like, like, slapped her in her mouth like her mama should have. Right. That That part. part. At this point, Gertie, like, Larsa keeps cutting Gertie off to just be like, it's not my fault, whatever. Gertie goes, you know what? No, I'm done, okay? And then she goes, this is what I did today, okay? And she takes her uh, her uh, wig off. Her hat off. Well, it's a hat with, like, a wig or whatever and uh-huh. shows that she shaved her hat. People are are saying that Gertie clearly planned to do this because of the way that she had it set up. I don't agree. And it's like, you realize that outside of drag... People aren't gluing down wigs. Right. That's not that's not what we're doing on a regular basis. Yeah. But she takes this hat off at a moment where it should be like very like everyone should stop, right? Right. Like everyone's like that's the moment where it's like, guys, stop. But Larsa just goes, I'm sorry. And Gertie goes, the fact of the matter is you need to be a friend and you don't know how to be a friend. And Larsa goes, You're wrong. You're wrong. You bit me. It's like, Jesus Christ. Also, you sound like a five-year-old. It's like, but it's also, and she sounds like Lisa on the boat being like, you threw a juice box at me. She sounds like Tom fucking Sandoval. Yeah, crazy. At this point, when Gertie, like, Gertie's just done, like, again, this, like, moment, and she's still getting yelled at and being attacked. Russell's had enough at this point. Russell goes up and goes to Gertie. goes, why are you dealing with that? Gertie's like, it's not worth it. And Larsa goes, Russell, take your wife. I would, f- like... I would have found a way to levitate. <laughs> I, I would have been so angry, like, diving across that room at her. Yeah, literally all the women should have built a wall around Larson being like, if you don't shut the fuck up right now. <laughs> it's like on, uh, on uh, IMHO when Alexis is like, can I, can I speak to you back here? <laughs> just, he really, like, that's just not, that's not really great. And Darby's like... I mean, I just feel like it. <laughs> uh, love IBHO. Russell then goes, Larsa, be respectful. Be respectful, Larsa. Get her, Russell. Get her. Larsa goes, I've been respectful. It was a joke, Russell. <laughs> Gertie, as they're leaving, Gertie tells Lisa, be the spokesperson for her over there. Do that. Gert, Lisa's like, Gertie. And Lisa starts then chasing after Gertie out of the fucking hotel. 
Russell's trying to tell them, like, give us a minute, whatever. And Lisa's like, why? I'm not your enemy. I'm not your enemy, Gertie. Nicole's like, look, you know how she processes. Like, Nicole's like, Lisa, fucking stop. Go back in the fucking hotel. Like, yeah. Like, you can't just keep, like, following her and hounding her like this. It's, like, crazy. Also, you literally, at the very least, been friends with her for three seasons. You should know by now, like, this is how she processes. Yeah. And this is not, you're not brand new. Stop acting brand new. Lisa's like, she's my friend. And Nicole's like, if you know her, you need to give her a fucking second. Like, yeah. Stop. Gertie's like this is animalistic because Kiki she's talking with Kiki and Russell she goes this is animalistic behavior she won't even let me finish a fucking sentence if you're my friend you're gonna say how did I hurt you listen and then react not shut the fuck up which is so like accurate like the tone that Larsa is dealing with this is crazy by any standard cancer or not well yeah because the whole point is to keep someone from being able to make a point so that they can't have any argument. Yeah. Yeah. Russell's like, it's like beating your head against a fucking brick wall. Just stop. Russell, I, I Russell has to be, because Gertie can get in a, in a hamster wheel when it comes to anger sometimes. Yeah. Just be like, don't fucking deal with her. Like, just like, whatever. And Gertie's like, you're right. You know, you, you're right about it. Larsa, and there's still back up to the hotel. And like, Larsa's still trying to defend it. And she's like, not shutting the fuck up. Alexia's literally like, she's starting chemo tomorrow. She shaved her head today. Like, and still Larsa's like, I don't care. She's fucking, why is she talking about me like that? Wild. Like, even if Gertie was 1000% in the wrong here, which, let's be clear, she's not. Yeah. Um, even if she was, though, you just kind of let it go. Again. At this point, you just kind of go, you know what? You're going through enough right now. Whatever you need, it's not I even, got you. It's not even a fight over a serious matter, right? Right. It's, it's so fucking stupid. Yeah. It's like it's not like she's accusing you of some like immoral act or like 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 she, like it's not like she's poking you with the Marcus stuff with Michael Jordan or whatever. Like she's literally just being like, "Hey, this really hurt me that you going into the press saying this stuff." Like I thought we had an agreement, and you're taking it like it's the most major fucking offense in the fucking world. Yeah. Larsa says, "You want to be my friend? Be my friend, but enough of this like blaming me." Then stop doing shit that's, like, blamable. Yeah. And then it just, like, it dies down. Lisa and Larsa are talking. And Lisa pull, and Larsa grab the flag. She's like, America. Wait, this isn't America. She's like, it's Cuba. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> oh, jeez. Just, like, bring us down to, like, oh, like, dumb, stupid moment. And they're talking about, like, their mutual divorces. I just think, I was like, Larsa, you have me boiling right now to where I can't hear your, like, uh -uh. I'm so happy now thing. I can't do it. Um, they all go outside, though, for Adriana's uh, performance. Oh, my God. Fucking Nicole's dad is, like, dancing with before, everyone. Before we get to that, I will say, Erica had a better performance. Sure. Better dancing. Better, like, gravitas to it. Yeah. The big Adriana song. Mueveloa is great. It's fucking amazing. And she, she's three for three now with like earworm, like oh yeah, great song. So, like she she keeps hitting it like that, like 
Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. Um, yeah, she performs really well, and it, it's a good moment. Uh, but like I said, Nicole's dad is, like, dancing with everyone. It's, like, a fun moment of just, like, oh, like, this older man, like, dancing. And, and then like I, I literally see out of the corner of my eye, I'm like, is that? And then Kiki literally goes, he's got a full boner. And I'm like, what? And they show it. Like, they, like, almost <laughs> zoom in on it. And it's like, what are we doing? And it's almost like Lisa and Kiki are just, like, impressed. Like, because it's like, he's up there. And I like, mean, it it does look rather large. Yeah. It's not, it's not that... I'm not saying anything, but, like, yeah, it's not that bad. Um, <laughs> also, the fact that the last time we see him on screen is dancing with these young women with a boner. What a way to go out. You know what? All, once a hoe, always a hoe. Yeah. Um, the ladies all congratulate Adriana and they cheers like to the future and all that stuff. It's a great group, like sort of like closing scene. I love Kiki also going, finally, I get a mojito people. I love that they're acknowledging that, Yeah. which by the way, the fact that Kiki was the final guest on watch what happens live. And like, I feel like she's getting one next season. I hope so. Cause she brought it this season and like, but like, honestly, even with Larsa being as awful as she is, she's a villain that's needed on this show. Yeah. I don't see how you would tweak this setup at all. No, you can't. This is a perfect cast. Yeah, it's really great. No one should leave. Yeah, and, no duds. And also, they all get title cards, which I think is like even yeah. the friends of get title cards. And I because think- it this this one this cast, unlike the other ones, like the friends of are not really central. Yeah, Miami, the friends of are basically cast members. Right. Like unless you told me. That Marisol and Adriana and uh, Kiki. Kiki are are friends of. I wouldn't know that by the way that they're cast. Yeah, like literally, this final party is Adriana's final party. Yeah, which is equivalent to Kyle's finale party, like the central diamond for however many years. Right. So, like, come on. Yeah, this is a cast of nine. We just need to embrace that. Uh, we see like the so, like I said the title cards and stuff like that. We, find, and, we and we know most of this stuff, but like Nicole's pregnant now, so mm-hmm. that's a big deal. Uh, Marcus, we see Marcus giving Larsa a promise ring, which is, Jesus Christ, like awkward. I, and maybe have upgraded it. I don't know. Like we won't find out at the reunion because all the drama stuff was like after that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it will be great next season. Um, oh my God, Julia. Well, they say that Julia and Martina are going to be restarting the adoption process now that Martina's cancer is gone. But also they they show this scene of them at an art gallery. I don't know why, but they do this big reveal. And it's a picture. It's a painting of Julia naked. With fucking like, it was weird. Like so weird. I mean, work, I guess. The free spirit. Um, there's this nice scene of, um, uh, Frankie taking an Uber for the first time, uh, to the beauty bar, even though you were like, with production, productions in the car with him. Yeah. But it's like, still, you know, nice enough. And then of course we get the big thing about like Gertie being cancer free and and all that. Ringing the bell was, was great. Yeah. I, I, I love the, the, I love that her title card is just like, Gertie is cancer free. What more do we need to say? Like, it's like, that's, yeah, it's like, great. It was again fantastic fucking season oh yeah fantastic all right let's get into these tops and bottoms we've got potomac vanderpump uh uh beverly hills and miami what you thinking babe uh i'll start with my top uh and and shockingly i'm giving my top to someone on potomac 
<laughs> wild. I know. It's, it's been rare this season. Um, but I'm giving it to Karen. The okay, whole, that's not that wild. Yeah, the whole Robin, like, dragging her ass. I, there's just something so satisfying about it every time. And, oh, like, yeah. Like, this is the Karen I love, and I felt like Karen was doing Peacemaker a lot this season so far, understandably so, because nobody else was going to do it. Mm -hmm. But, like, seeing Karen be Karen again was just, like, really satisfying to me. And seeing her just, like, wipe the floor with Robin. Yeah, it was so good. Made me so happy. My bottom... uh, I was debating between two people on Vanderpump Rules about, like... And it's all, like, who I think, like, is the center of it. I had... I'm going to give it to LVP. Mm -hmm. Because I just think... Uh, and like we said last week, like while we give her the understanding as to why she would feel a certain way because of her history with her brother's suicide, I think the way that which she is attempting to reach out to these women to get them to open up to Sandoval is also very manipulative. Yeah. In certain, just certain things that she says and the way she downplays their um, hurt for his and like there is a sexist element to all the way that she's interacted. And it just, I mean, it, it's been a, that way for a while on this show. Yeah. But like, it really kind of comes to the forefront. I really think there is a larger conversation. I think we've talked about this before where it's like Vanderpump is a, in many ways about sexism. Yeah. In certain regards, like that's kind of like the overarching narrative. And I think LVP is a vital part of that. Cause sometimes you do need a woman to be the one to reinforce those ideas. And yeah. like, that's what happens in society. Yeah. So, yeah, not a big fan of what LEV's been doing this season. Uh, what about you, babe? What are your tops and bottoms? Um, I think I'm picking the other uh, Vanderpump person, and that's Lala for yeah. my bottom. Yeah. Um, I just, for me, picking a top and a bottom is usually about people acting outside of their norm. Right. Um, which is why Larsa is not my bottom here because I kind of expected this bullshit from her. Right. But I didn't expect this from Lala. And I really kind of like Lala has typically been a girl's girl through and through. Yeah. Um, whether that is a popular opinion at the time or not. Um, and I just, mm, I don't like, and I get it. I get why she's where, where she's at kind of like with LVP. But it's like, girl, your trauma and this are separate things. And you need to be able to to realize that just because not everybody is bad like Randall, some people are bad like Randall. Right. San, like, Sandoval is awful. Schwartz is supporting him and making things worse. Yeah, your, so your eyes did not deceive you. Yeah, you were right. Stop gaslighting yourself. Um and you're still doing it. Like on the after show and all of the like stop it. Just just stop. Um my top for the week I had options. Mm-hmm. Karen was one of my options. I also thought about giving it to uh Russell. But both of those, like I said, fell within the realm of this is what I expect from this person. Yeah. The person who performed very well and I didn't think was within the realm of this is where they normally reside was Erica. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, Erica really showed up in this flash forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think that she has learned a lot in therapy and is really growing and is really showing up for Kyle 
in number one, a way that she wished she had been showed up for. Um, and two, just in the way that Kyle needed someone. Yeah. Whatever your opinions outside of that, of Kyle or Erica are, that moment was really great. And I think anyone going through a divorce of a long-term relationship like that needs that kind of support and that reassurance of you did not fail. You are not a failure. You succeeded for 27 years. Celebrate that. You know, like whatever this ending is going to end up being, that is not the definition of this marriage. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And And we're we're out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.